up, everybody? Welcome back to another HK Video Game Experience. I'm Hollywood Cole here with Clearfire. What's up, Clearfire? What is going on, man? I'm sorry, I'm playing with my microphone too as I try to start. So you're probably gonna have some bumps and clicks there for a second. Yeah, bumps and clicks keeps it entertaining, man. Keeps it uh, fresh. Keeps it live, you know. And, and, pre, so, and pre warning, my my two little uh, rascal heathen dogs are running around, and there's not much I can do about it because the wife and the kid are asleep. So. We might get some rowdiness again tonight. You got some extra clear this time. That's one of the clearisms you get. You never know what you're going to get. Fuck the pup. You know, <laughs> he might start clear. screaming. <laughs> so, um, all right, we're going to talk about Ahsoka today. Let's talk about Ahsoka. So, um, that's definitely you jumping a little too fast there. There's, there's like uh, this, this, this thing below me here in the video here. Okay. Like, right why don't there? you just let me host it clear? You know what I'm saying? Why can't I just be the host? No. <laughs> I'm getting there, man. I'm getting there, brothers. Y'all both are waving. I got you. So, like, uh, so that if you hadn't if you hadn't figured out, we have another guest here. I was going to give him a build up, but we'll just go ahead and say. So, we had we had our lore go. We have our lore experts here. Star Wars lore experts. And if you remember back, uh, I don't know how long was the Mandalorian episode two years ago something like that that long ago that's ridiculous and we had a lot of back and forth um with star wars lore with nick with clear and with our guest swinging thunder what's up swinging what's up gentlemen um real quick i've been biting my tongue not because i want to be introduced but when uh clear said bumps and clicks i just thought mc hammer pumps and the bumps pumps and the bumps <laughs> so um so yeah, so a lot of back and forth about no, I think you got that wrong, I got that right, I think this is the way it was, and there's theories, and it was such a good time for people like me that don't know much about Star Wars lore, or any of you guys that are listening that don't know much about Star Wars lore. I loved it. So we're gonna combine forces today for Ahsoka, which I loved Ahsoka, um, and I don't know anything about. I mean, I know that I know during the Mandalorian we talked about her being like a neutral Jedi, and and, and we'll get into this kind of stuff. Trust me. And we're going to do a quick kind of um, kind of uh, summary. We're not going to go over every little detail of the shows. The first two shows is all we're talking about. Well, this is this is recorded before we've seen the third episode. So there's going to be some theories out about what's going to happen uh, throughout the series, and we're going to go hit some big pointers on uh on the first two episodes so um let's just go ahead and get this out there real quick so as we always like to keep things pure keep game pure we'll keep your video your your uh movies and tv shows pure and we're, and we're going to keep the show pure too but i'm just going to get this little bit of elephant in the room out there if you have not been paying attention to disney lately we know everybody knows that disney's essentially become like a propaganda machine and so this type, this show here, it seems to be absent of that swinging. Is that kind of what happened? We don't, don't need to get into it. We're not going to get any like propaganda stuff, but you know, this is just the, this is the elephant in the room. So if that's why you're turning Disney off, this seems to be okay. So did they, did they tell about some new rule or how did this I, thing with David before, Filoni? Before, before you answer that, swing in, I just want to preface this with save the drama for your mama and go enjoy ahsoka yes for fun yeah just like the, all the other stuff out there enjoy it for fun if you want to enjoy a disney show 
you, you about making me cuss bringing this kind of junk up because it's ridiculous, pointless, and we shouldn't be discussing no bogus political okay. agendas here. There's no part. Okay, why is it political? I just said nothing about politics. As soon as you said agendas and all of that, that's no, no, no. Straight. I said propaganda machine. And they the are propaganda, propaganda, and propaganda leads right into politics. Not politics at all, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, let's see, we weren't going to get into what we're talking about. But obviously, Disney is throwing things in your face, left and right. They're making decisions based on what they want to try to represent instead of what's best for the the, the person watching or for, best for the, the entertainment value. Hey, we can't have this show, even though it would be great, but it doesn't meet our check-the-box necessarily. So we're going to take that out. Or this character, this actor or actress might be better for the role, but that doesn't check our box, so we're going to take them away. That's what I'm talking about. They're not doing it for the best. I mean, just look at all the stuff they're remaking. Little Mermaid. Okay, they're remaking Little Mermaid. That's a classic. They had an opportunity to do another classic. Now, we were all Little Mermaid, and it was actually pretty good. But they just t- took a lot of the stuff out that was really good about it. But just make another classic. You know, what happened to the... They're not being able to make another classic. And so they're rehashing these old, old things over and over and over. So they kind of lost their steam. They have a chance to make legendary movies, and they're kind of just making, eh, let's make some money on this. So that's what they're doing. They're money-making, grabbing. And so uh, I don't want to get into all the different things that they are doing. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you're like me, <clears throat> you've canceled Disney+, Plus because I don't want my kids watching crap like that. Uh, I don't want my kids watching bad stuff that I don't agree with. And and now when I turn on Ahsoka, I'm waiting for it. I mean, let's just be honest. I'm waiting for to see what's the message here today, and uh, and that's and they, they didn't do it. I was like, why is Ahsoka so? Because Ahsoka's good right now. Something's going on. They actually got good actresses, good actors. They didn't seem like to go on this particular route that I was talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I don't care about politics. I don't care about any other stuff. You're welcome to do anything you want to do in America, but just quit making it a, a scene. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, quit trying to change our entertainment for your particular belief system. So you didn't watch that. Falcon and the Winter Soldier? You didn't watch WandaVision? You didn't watch pretty much any of the Marvel ones that didn't have a lot of that in there? So you know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to throw that but out. You know, yeah. That's but you know what I'm stay, talking about. I stay away from the core Disney ones because they just, they're not okay. good anymore. Yeah. So there we go. So we agree. Agreed. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. So, but th- so that's if, so anyway. So did Filoni say, "No, you're not gonna, you're not gonna uh, be a part so of this, my, mess with this." My understanding behind the scenes. So Kathleen Kennedy is the individual that seems to cause some conflict. Uh, yeah, I love the smirk, but so <laughs> seems so, to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Does so. Uh, my understanding, and so I believe it kind of came to a head during Mando season three. And uh, I believe Favreau, as well as Filoni, and I mean, I believe Disney as a bigger plus was kind of like, you need to take a step back, Miss Kennedy, and just let these guys do their thing. And that's kind of one of the reasons that season three, I'm not, I was somewhat disappointed in season three of Mando, to be honest with you. It's still not, it's, I mean, it's still love the show, but I guess what I'm trying to say is you can see that how disjointed it was. And I believe Favreau kind of took a far, you know, firm stand during that and was like, okay, it's got to stop. Like, we will walk if you guys do not stop being so involved. You know, review what we've done. If you like it, let us do our thing. If you don't, then we'll get the stepping. Either or, it's whatever. So, 
to my understanding, Filoni was, and that, I feel kind of bad for Favreau, <clears throat> and I do believe the two of them are incredible together as well as individuals. They both have brought a lot to this, and they've really revitalized Star Wars as a franchise, in my personal opinion. But I think Filoni kind of lucked out in this aspect where he was the first to get the chance to just kind of do it without being restricted or influenced or whatever. I love Ahsoka so far, too. Uh, I think the thing that I could see from the casual viewer, and I shouldn't say casual, from the viewer who's not aware of Filoni's works with the cartoons, with Clone Wars, and with Rebels, is the first two episodes are doing a lot of setup, introducing you to characters that some people are not familiar with. And even with that being said, I think they've done a good job with that. But I mean, for me, for me, it's kind of like, I know who these guys are, so I'm ready to jump into it. But for somebody who's coming into it blind, I totally understand why it's being built the first two episodes as they have so up to this point. Well, and some of the theory behind that too is um, that that's actually like stuff that's taking place during the end of Rebels because there's one scene at the yes. you know in one of the episodes that's basically almost I'm not going to say shot for shot but it's very it's... much a retcon of that and so um we'll get into that later we'll get into just, that later yeah know, wanted to mention that because that's I felt like they did a great job of kind of opening it up and everything cause you get a feel for the two really the more of the two more or less the two main characters uh, the good guys anyways that you're going to be following along through the season so we have technically now started live actions rebel season 5 at this point after that pretty last much. Scene. yes <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah it, this was like the prologue the first Correct. two episodes are like a prologue and then now you're actually getting into it cuz you're basically picking up where rebels left off yes exactly so it's it's pretty cool so um but my whole thing with the whole Filoni thing and the uh, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, from some of the theories that I've heard, uh, Kathleen Kennedy has a um, limited amount of time left on her contract, and they are not going to renew her contract. And Good. Filoni is going to be the one to step up over Star Wars, which Filoni should oh, have wow. been the one to be on Star Wars before Kennedy anyway. Kathleen Kennedy had no business getting in there at all. She ruined a lot of things. Mando season three is a prime example of that because it could have been so much more. It had great pieces in it, but just not a great continuity all the way through. And that's all because of her meddling throughout the whole thing. Correct. Swinging was pretty she, much was nailed she involved it. in the movies at all. She, yes, she yes. was involved in the movies yeah, yeah. heavily so in the movies. She made, great. She, she yeah. was part. She was part <clears throat> of the part <clears throat> of the reason why. Uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker was writ- rewritten like five times. It's like stupid, like how much they, they had to redo in that because of her meddling. And so now we she got a good Star Wars, it seems. Yeah. So and Did then she mess in the Marvel movies too. No, no she only had she's only ever Star Wars. Correct. She has nothing okay. nothing to do over Marvel. Um, Feige would have like murdered her. If she had stuck her nose in there. Because he has a clear vision. It's been great. Yes, there's been some bumps because you're having to basically rebuild your Avengers team. It's going to take some time. Sit back and enjoy the ride, yeah. people, because people are complaining just, about it at this point. Just let Filoni have it with no restraints. Remove all the check mar- marks and the, the boxes you got to hit before you can make the show. As man, soon as I'm Kathleen Kennedy's gone, that's how it'll be. We'll actually get yeah, be good awesome. stuff at that point. Yes. I mean, better stuff. I won't say yeah. good stuff because... 
We don't Suggles, know, but it Suggles could be pretty good. hot. You know, I mean, I've been digging. It's been, yeah. been having. I had it, really enjoyed it and thought it was done well. Although I will say, and this is something that you know, I don't know if uh, Swinging will agree on this or not. In the very first episode, before you even see anybody, the marquee that's scrolling it says Jedi Knight Ahsoka Tano. She is not a Jedi Knight. She never became a Jedi Knight. That is correct. I she agree with fin- you. She never finished her training. Yeah. So that is a lie, yeah. flat out, incorrect, right there at so the very beginning. And I even caught that. I remember I was like, "Wait, she didn't." She and it even kind of hints that she abandoned. Well, obviously, she didn't finish it with the Anakin, right? So she even says she never finished her training <laughs> yeah. in the episode. Well, she says it in Rebels specifically. She's, "I am no Jedi." Like in, she said, it, she never in this in the very first episode of Ahsoka. She, she said, said it, she says, yeah. I, I said, I didn't. Anakin yeah. never finished my training. We never finished the training. So if she never finished training, how could she be a Jedi Knight? You gotta finish your training to be a Jedi Knight. You gotta go through the trials. Yeah. So well, so let's start with uh, the first episode. I saw it maybe I don't know, man, five days ago or so. Both of them. Um, so what's some of the key takeaways that? may have shocked you or surprised you or something that well, people may have missed or wants to Easter egg should right off the bat. So do you guys know the two, let's call them dark Jedis for now. Do you remember their names? Yeah. Uh, I don't know their names. Balin Skull and I forget it's the other one. Balin Skull. Skull. And no, Shin Hati. Now, if you take their last names, does Skull and Hati ring a bell to you guys? Vaguely, it's been a while since I've heard it. Not Those are the two wolves that are the children of Fenrir in Norse mythology that chase the sun and the moon. There you go. Of course. That's where I heard it from. I thought it was something for the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. No. So <laughs> I knew there's, it was Star Wars. There's a lot that's, of... That's, 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 that's a, not a very common Star there's a Wars lot of wolf. There's a lot of wolf motifs in Rebels itself, and there's loath wolves that play a big part at the last season of that, etc., etc. So there's a lot of wolf motifs and, and things in there. And then the other interesting thing right off the bat, though, like, once again, we're not going to go through scene by scene, but the very beginning really struck me for a few reasons. Number one was it really was reminiscent to me of The Phantom Menace when you see Balin and Shin roll up, Master and Apprentice, name of the episode, you know, just very, the the parallels between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, Phantom Menace, you know, one. And now I'm going to kind of go deep here real quick. Well, actually, no, I'll save that part for later. But so, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. And the other interesting thing was orange lightsabers, not red. They're orange. Go back and look. I, uh-huh. I, they're orange. I've, I, are you sure? You, your TV color might be off there, no. buddy. <laughs> I, thought they were, I thought they were red. They're orange. So, I thought they were red. So here's a – yeah, Maybe. check it out real quick. So no, I got to believe you. The interesting – you know, kind of dynamic with that is what's funny to me is so a lot of Master Apprentice Padawan uh, balance here. So we jokingly are talking about Phantom Menace, but you got Balin, you got Shin. Obviously, later on in the first two episodes, you've got Ahsoka, you've got Sabine. And then also remember that Ahsoka is Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. So there's just a, a, a lot of interesting master and apprentice dynamics going on. And just from a storytelling perspective, I just find it interesting because obviously there seems to be some minor things, but Balin and Shen seem to be on the same page. And obviously Ahsoka and Sabine are the furthest from that as we watch the first yeah. episode and a half, I would say. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, I think the second episode was called Master and Apprentice. Was the name of the episode? Uh, Master and Apprentice was season uh, episode one. I think the second one's Toll Toll okay. Trouble. Which we'll yeah, get to that too. The second. Yeah. And one of them's yeah, the first one then yeah. Yeah, first one's Master and Apprentice. Second. So Toll Trouble. So real quick before we move on with the lightsabers, because this is just and from yes, a he's guy right. He's know. right. It is orange, but I mean, in the just watching the video, it you just, don't catch it. it. It didn't catch it right off the bat. Well, I was just thinking it's red because. Going yeah, I back, they were like Sith. Going back to the dynamics that you like, clear. So obviously, you know, you've got if you want to go back to the sequel trilogy. I mean, the Sith and the the Jedi are very opposite extremes. Very dogmatic, very good versus very evil. But then you have Ahsoka, who I, you know, going back to a term you've used and a lot of people have, gray Jedi, more good than evil, but not quote as far over dogmatic as the Jedi Council goes. So now that you have orange lightsabers, is Balin? And in Shin, they might be evil, but are they full evil? And I mean, you even see that in that one part where Balin's like, I don't want to kill another Jedi. There's so few of us left, or few of them left. Yeah, I like that. Well, so, I mean, so the so, Kyper so, crystals, real well, quick, for somebody uh, that doesn't know about the colors. So, <laughs> Come on, y'all keep moving on pa- farther and further from the color of the lightsaber. Sorry. Uh, so, make this quick. I think both of us have covered this in previous podcasts before, but like off the top of my head, and clear, please correct me if I'm wrong. So, basically, blue is more uh green is like you're very attuned with the force i.e yoda luke later on etc blue is more like well, so just just kind of so the colors are assigned to you or i thought you just found the crystal and put it in no there. so, so there's that, so there's get... twofold so uh ahsoka's lightsabers are white so a, a kyber crystal is a living thing like a plant is and so i think we've had this discussion before so with darth vader the sith they quote unquote they bleed the crystal they tortured the okay. living crystal to make it turn red so if we're going to go with orange there's two theories on this either a they bled it but not enough or b kyber crystals after the empire took over uh palpatine and them just scourged the universe or the galaxy of anything jedi related that includes kyber crystals that includes jedi temples which will come into play later in the com- in, in this conversation so like there is a different type of crystal that is similar but different than a kyber crystal and to my understanding it gives off a orange hue so it could be one of those two reasons of why and, and i think claire's nodding in agreement but we'll both agree canon changes constantly so that so since yeah. the last discussion we had you and me, my very first podcast with you, Hollywood, we talked about Ahsoka when she popped up in Mando, and we talked about the bleeding, and like in Ahsoka's case, she has purified the kyber crystal, which is why it's completely white. But there's been a comic book that's come out to explain even in further detail what's going on with colors and the meanings behind them, and i.e., and I still believe this to the day, yellow, yellow lightsabers were non-existent other than the temple guard, but once again, anything that's come out that Disney's approved since they took over nine years ago is now canon. So let's bring this to video games, guys. Uh, the two Jedi, what is it? Fallen Survivor? I'm trying to remember the name of them. Uh, the one Fallen that has Order it. and Fallen, Survivor. Fallen Order and Survivor. Cal Kestis can make a yellow lightsaber in the game. Mm-hmm. So another thing, another side to the Kyber Crystals as well, they attune to the person that's using them. <clears throat> With the exception of Sith that bleed the crystals, they just basically destroy the crystals in essence. Ahsoka, like um, Swinging said, does she, for her two sabers specifically, she has purified those crystals and they'll never show another color again but white. Once they've been bled, the only thing that can be done is you're, for, the, for them to be purified and they become white or no color. Um, 
but when you're talking about colors, green, of course, is like the highest of high masters. They don't really set it along like that. Blues are Jedi Knights. You usually see the Knights with the blue sabers, hence why Obi-Wan had a blue saber. Even though he was a master, he was a better knight than anything. And you see that, of course, in the Obi-Wan series. You see that in the um, Clone War series. You see it in um, uh, Revenge of the Sith. It was, you know, he... What he did to Anakin was just amazing. He just you you saw all this skill there, and of course, you know, in Obi Wan series, you see it just even though he's been detached from it, you see him get just flat out rowdy. You know, love it. I, I do have to add this one little thing because I, I there is one person out of all your listeners who's sitting there going, "What about Mace Windu? Why does he have a purple lightsaber?" Two reasons. Yeah. Uh, one is Samuel L. Jackson gets a purple lightsaber when he wants a purple lightsaber. But if you want to tie it into canon. <laughs> This is the main reason. Because he told he George Lucas, wanted a purple I want a purple yeah. lightsaber. That's straight up. Exactly. <laughs> but, but for canon reasons, we're going to pull a Legend of Zelda and bend this to the canon. You have the blue lightsaber that uh, Clear talked about, which obviously Mace Windu was a renowned... Um, I mean, I think... Strong he, Jedi Knight. He was a master of like like multiple different types of forms. Usually you're good at one. He, I think he mastered almost all of them. But yeah. the one that he was most well known for is actually one that kind of borders with the Sith, and that one you kind of you, you kind of want to be a little angry and a little. So it's that balance of kind of that violent Sith nature in him and in himself and the dark side with the blue, hence the purple. But in reality, Samuel Dude, that's awesome. Samuel man. L. Jackson well, wanted a purple lightsaber, is what really yeah, happened. Saying, and he okay, wanted so to be the best at everything. One hundred percent. Main reason was Samuel L. Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber. He told. George Lucas, the only way I'll do Mace Windu is you give me a purple lightsaber. Facts. Like, seriously, that was the conversation. Yeah, that, was his, awesome. that was his con- one contingency was I get a purple lightsaber. I won't do it unless I get a purple lightsaber. And then, of course, when Disney takes over, they make purple lightsabers canon. There's actually a few of them, a few, a few of them out there now, but they're probably the rarest of all. Um, but uh, the thing that kind of Swinging was alluding to there, um, the reason why Mace Windu was so good at being able to deflect the force lightning back on to um, Sidious is because he actually can use force lightning. He actually is skilled at that. He learned that on purpose so he could know his enemies. Mace Window is the type of person that's very mental. He wants to know everything he can to know his enemies the best. The reason why he didn't get shocked by that lightning is because he learned how to use force lightning. He doesn't use it because... Using it does open up the path to the dark side, but that's why he's able to deflect it fairly easily with his lightsaber. He's like the Israeli Mossad, man. Yes. He's like the special forces of Jedi. Oh, yeah, he's sick. I that's mean, like, awesome. Like, if you really get into <laughs> the lore of like Mace Windu, it's, it's amazing. And there's it a theory that he fiction. survived the fall. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a theory that he survived the fall when yes. um, Anakin knocked him out. Well, this is oh, where the should, to see him pop up. So this is where oh, these dude. theories are funny and hilarious because, I mean, we're going to have some fun with this tonight. But there was oh, a yeah. theory. There was a theory before Mando showed it. But the theory was that Mace Windu was the one who saved Grogu, like all disfigured and mm-hmm. all. There was a theory that it was Mace Windu who survived the fall, was chilling, and then actually hobbled over, saved Grogu, rescued him, and he's still out there to this day. Oh, I so dude, hate that, that theory didn't man. come true. Me too. I, I wish so that would have happened. <laughs> Look, don't be wrong. It was great seeing, and I forget the Jedi's name that saved Grogu, but it was great seeing him because he does have a history in Star Wars. And he is an amazing dual saber wielder. Like, he's one of the few that are like, 
it would make Ahsoka look bad if he really got into a fight with her with du- dual blades. He's just amazing at that. And so um, it was great seeing that, well, you know, having that part of old canon come out or come out. It's funny you say that. And this is for this is for Hollywood specifically or for all the Luke fans out there and for all the fans of Luke who feel like he was done a disservice. Oh, he done done dirty. Done dirty. But here's the thing that's crazy, though. So I would say Ahsoka even though the Jedi Council does not exist anymore, I would say she is at the level of a Jedi Master. Would you agree with that, Clear? Oh, yeah. And so we see how good she is in these episodes. We've seen how good she is in the cameos. But that, I think, also highlights how much of a B.A. Luke was when he goes to save Grogu at the end of that season, too. Because, like, as good as Ahsoka is, and she's incredible, Luke was 12 levels above her, rolling in there and just knocking out dark troopers like, like uh, it was nothing. One handed with force, it's like poof, force crush, pop, pop, pop. I mean, it was just, it was nothing. But Lu- I, Luke is just insanely powerful. Yes. And yes, the last three movies did him Dirty. a disservice. But uh, the one thing I did like out of Last Jedi, him doing that force projection, that's the first time you've ever seen it, and it was amazing that he pulled it off because of the power that's needed to use it. It's the first time that you, you know you see it in the movies anyway. Yes. And so that was, that was, that was yeah. awesome. So, but yes, and you see in the Mandalorian or the book of Boba Fett, whichever one you want to look at, you see the respect that Luke has for Ahsoka because they're when they when you see them together, they're just like all right, let's talk a little bit, you know? And they just kind of have just this rolling talk like master to master would have. You can see that Luke's highly respects her and her talents because Ahsoka does some things that some Jedis just don't do. And she's, of course, not bound by the Jedi code. So that does help her. In the EU slash Legends, uh, Nick said this on the podcast way back in the day with you, Hollywood. It just And I know Clear knows this, but like Luke was incredible. Like Luke was insane. And um, I don't know. I think I think that little part kind of showed what Luke was capable of. But the funny thing is a little meta for you here with Filoni. So Clone Wars was going on when Disney acquired Star Wars. They canceled Clone Wars. They wanted him to start Rebels. And very early on in Rebels, when they introduce Ahsoka, she says a line. And this line is said in one of the two episodes in Ahsoka now, too. And it's basically there's a little truth in Legends. And I, I don't know if that's I, maybe I'm digging into it, but I think that's Filoni kind of taking a little meta shot at Disney, going, you know what? There's a little truth in Legends. I'm gonna pull from the EU what I Thrawn and a lot of stuff, and there's some stuff we're gonna bring up tonight. But just I'm gonna bring what I want to bring into it. There's still some truth in the Legends that is still out there from the EU. I mean, look, look at what Book, Book of Boba Fett set up some of the Thrawn stuff. Yeah. I mean, you had some things come from the Legends in there. In Mandalorian, you had things from the Legends come in. Filoni, ain't, Filoni and Favreau aren't playing. No. And they're fixing to make things a lot better, especially, hopefully, with this whole restart of Mando Season 4. Yeah. But... Yeah, let's get back to Ahsoka. Yeah, Sorry. so that's I was literally <laughs> just thinking. I was like, okay, so I mean, they're going to slow it down here because these two guys are going nuts uh, about it, and then I then I got to be like, hey, what about me? I don't know anything, and people out there don't might not know anything. So hey, could take it back for a second, and then I'm thinking, man, they're going to get on a roll here. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to we need to figure out see how to focus this thing to uh, to Ahsoka, but. Um, 
So, yeah, what else was it that about the, these first two that kind of just that would hit the hardest? So let's let's go with Easter eggs real quick. Um, yeah. So, and this is going to open up a couple of things, actually. So there's a part. So once, uh, I believe this is episode two. So Ahsoka finds the map where Thrawn is supposedly at. She, lo- she gets it to Sabine Wren. I'm going to give you a super easy recap. Gets it to Sabine Wren. That's gets, the middle to end of one. It gets stolen. And so um, Morgan Elizabeth who is a sister or who is from Dathomir, where the Night Sisters are from. And for people who are not she aware is. of that, I don't know. Is she a, is she a Night she, Sister? She, said she, said she okay. said she is one of the Night Sisters well, she of Dathomir. She does use magic. So for those who don't know who these uh, people are, the sisters of, okay, it's Dathomir, and they're quote-unquote witches. And they live on the, well, you, the planet of Dathomir, where... In episode honestly, two, you hear um, the... Uh, the apprentice, I can't ever think of her name. Shen? She she says, Are you oh, a you're a witch. Yeah. No, and then uh, Elsbeth goes, no, we like to call it survivors. So the thing with all that, though, so yeah. everybody remembers she has the, the orb, the map, whatever you want to call it. They go to Sethos. They go to this, I don't know what you want to call it, this crazy star map gate thing. And this is where it gets crazy multiple ways. Number one. So she puts the orb on there. She uses magic. Now, really, she's a force user, and this force using by the witches of Dathomir has been around longer than the Jedi, and it's been around longer than the Sith. So there's an interesting thing. That's the force that you see. It's magic, but it's the force. They're force users. She says something that really throws me off Star Wars-wise and in real-world life. Thrawn is calling out to me through time and space in a different galaxy. So lore-wise, we have opened up a ton of stuff here. Number one, it's always been a galaxy, you know, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So we now have a, a second- galaxy. A galaxy. A galaxy. <coughs> so we have a another galaxy, galaxy that's, <laughs> that's been introduced here. Number two, the time and space thing, what is time? Are we talking about Einstein's theory of relativity? So if, and for those who don't know, I gotta back this up a little bit. When you watch that scene, and it opens up this Stargate thing, you're going to see like little portals. And around the portal that she moves over and focuses, you're going to see space whales. They're known as Purgle. And they're introduced in Star Wars Rebels. Now, Purgle had the ability to hyperspace jump. They're also in Mandalorian Season 3. Oh, that's right. They are. I forgot about that. I, fr- I totally Grogu, forgot they were in Mando. Yeah. When, when they're going through, uh, when they're doing a... Um, uh, warp speed. You see them. You see them. You see you them. You see them swimming because you see Grogu kind of look at him as so Mando's kind of asleep. You see her focus that, and she goes, "I can hear Thrawn. He's calling out to me from time and space. So is time time as we know it, or is, and is it time and theory of relativity? Of those guys made the jump. For us, it's been X amount of years. To them, it's been minutes, maybe hours. So what does she it's mean like by time co- and space? It's like the quantum realm yeah. from Avengers or from Ant-Man Quantumania. Like I said, I'm opening up a can of worms here. Oh, yeah. S- second thing is, so you see all that stuff. Interesting, interesting factoid, because she also says it's from a technology from a long time ago. Well, something that was introduced as an Easter egg in Andor, I'm going to mess up their name here, the Rakata. And guess where the Rakata come from? Tell me clear where they come from. Is that Peridia? 
No, Knights of the Old Republic, the Rakatans were the first civilization that enslaved the entire galaxy before mm-hmm. the original Old Republic. So now the Old Republic is not from this episode, from Andor, has now become canon. So everything That's from right. Knights of the Old Republic, the video game from the Xbox back in the day, is now canon. <laughs> Which Just now means... So is that the ancient... Revan is, and all that? There's, there's the other thing. So the ancient civilization she refers to more than likely is the... You don't think so. And that's fine. Mm-mm. Possibly the Rakatans. Mm. Because they had, like, the technology. It's almost like space portals. They could just screw hyperspace. They could just jump through a portal and just jump from planet to planet. So the Rakatans could possibly be it. But the other thing is the design of that for clear is very similar to the world between worlds and rebels. And so the, so the interesting thing Love is the, it. the world between worlds, for anybody who's read the books of uh, Chronicles of Narnia, if you ever got past the first couple that they made movies on, there's one called The Magician's Nephew, and there's a wood where there's pools of water that you can jump from thing to thing. The world between worlds is a very weird thing. So all time exists at all at continuously. You can jump in and out. Now, Ezra could only, even as a force user, see things that affected him. He heard whispers of everything else going on but only things that he had seen or been impacted by, he could see. So I bring up the, war, the world between worlds because Balin, right afterwards, Shin asked him, well, what, okay, we're bringing Thrawn back, so what? What's that mean? And, you know, what does it mean? And he goes, well, to some it means war, to some it means a new beginning, but to us, it means power that you cannot possibly imagine. So, interesting thing, at the last episode of Rebels, Ezra is, uh, he kind of gives himself up. And so Thrawn presents him to Senator, to Palpatine, basically. And the Emperor has destroyed the temple that the world between worlds was in, but he's taken it in pieces, and it's on Thrawn's ship. And basically, Palpatine shows Ezra his parents before they died and goes, you want to go back there, you can do it. I can make anything happen that you want before some other stuff happens in that episode, not to spoil that. So, hypothetically, there is a portal to the world between worlds on Thrawn's ship. Is that the power that is unimaginable that Balin is referring to? Because, like, let's be real. They're one of the few left dark Jedi Jedi. What is Thrawn coming back really going to do for them? Like, I mean, really. Yeah, okay, cool, they might have a position of power if Thrawn comes back and he wins, but what is this power unimaginable that they speak of? And one of the theories is, they want to get the portal to the world between worlds and influence everything. So I, I like that theory. It's a great theory. Um, <clears throat> the part about who really did what, I, I actually lean toward another theory. Okay. It's kind of still dealing with that. But so the theory there is, of course, with the Pergil, the Pergil can't actually travel across galaxies and into other galaxies. So one of the theory is is that's actually a migration pattern of the Pergil, and I actually don't think it's a theory. I actually think it, it's, it's more. No, it's it's been said. It's, migra- it's migration. It says it. And so, the Pergil, when they migrated through from the galaxy that Dathomir is on, because Dathomir is not in this galaxy, it's in another galaxy. If I'm not mistaken, it's either Dathomir's in another galaxy or Peridia's in another galaxy. Peridia, Peridia is the other one, I believe. So so the the Night Sisters of Dathomir actually came from the other galaxy, and it was the ones that brought the Force 
into this galaxy is more of the theory that I've heard and the more of the playing there because of them being witches they're not using magic they're using the force and in this other galaxy the force is something that's used extremely widely lots of people use it so this means that somebody like Ezra, Ezra Bridger in that new galaxy could be more powerful 10 times 50 times more because powerful. there's a more quote-unquote force available for him to access more force available more things like that since ezra has the power to be able to uh, so far he's really been the only one to be able to really utilize the veil yes maybe he's already done some things we don't know but that's just kind of a theory that's floating around that's kind of the one that i've wow, been I, hearing and kind of rolling through i haven't heard that one that's good. They're talking about the potential of possibly riding the Pergil into the new galaxy here inside of Ahsoka and so going to the new galaxy. That's what that Eye of Scion is. If you look at that, so you remember from like the, the prequel trilogy when like Obi-Wan would have his little like shuttle, but it had that big thing that did the hyperspace drive and then he would like dis, you know, mm-hmm. dismount from it and go. That Eye of Scion we see is for Thrawn's entire fleet to yep. come back. That's why they needed so, like nine hyperdrives or whatever it was that they were yeah. getting at the end. And so one other piece there that I don't know if you caught it or not swinging. It's Balin actually looks up into the sky. You hear really it. Really brief. You hear he it. Sees, sees and hears a purgle. Yeah, I saw that. And now what we're talking about Balin real quick, and it's just adding the witches and all that. What's really weird is this. So now this is real life versus Star Wars. I always laugh. So, you know, the technology in Star Wars hasn't changed in, you know, tens of thousands of years of Star Wars because, you know, they made the originals in the 70s. But all the times we've ever seen, you know, a projector, it's always been a little fuzzy and blue and wonky. At the very end of that episode two, she's using, Elizabeth Morgan's using the the force. She's using, you know, witchcraft. And that is the clearest projector you've ever seen if you really look back and think about that. Like, it's super clear. Mm -hmm. It looks like 4K in comparison to... Uh, yeah. Exactly. Think I mean, about that. Th- think about R two D two, one of the most famous shot. You're our only hope, Obi one, and you see Leia in so fuzzy, yeah. reaching down to turn off R two D two before she gets t- captured. It it's pretty awesome. Another piece too. I don't know if you caught this one too, but if you watched when Elspeth was starting to make that, um, you use the yeah. the star map there. As it rolled over, there's a building in the background that has an odd shape to it. I didn't catch and as that. One of the, as, as one of the pieces roll into it, it resembles something from another movie. From Lord of the Rings, oh, Lord. the Eye of Sauron, and the Tower. That's crazy. <laughs> 100% well, looks exactly like Lord of the Rings rolls it over there. It's funny you say <laughs> that, because going back to what you mentioned before, so they retconned kind of the last scene of episode two, mm-hmm. And in Rebels, Ahsoka's wearing white robes with a white staff. But in this, she's wearing blackish gray robes. And this is off camera. Filoni's a huge fan of Tolkien. And he basically says that, you know, the white Gandalf is the mentor, the complete mentor. He has learned everything he needs to do, and he is the epitome of what a a mentor. I don't need Ahsoka to be that right now. I need her to be a little incomplete. I need her to be a little bit dirty to get where we need to get on this journey. And I just thought that was like, whoa, that's 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 a really crazy way to and, look at that. 
Exactly. I was thinking that's what I was leading to as well, and that's why I used that whole Eye of Sauron there. Because oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut happens. off your connection there. Ha- no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Because that Eye of Sauron catches that and just kind of embodies that whole theory thought of Filoni with that because he's, he, he's a fanboy of yes, Tolkien. Lord of the Rings. He's a fanboy of t- just Tolkien, period. You find little bits and pieces of Tolkien stuff throughout all of his yes, you do. stuff he's done in Star Wars. It's really awesome. So you, if you want to Google... Filoni, Tolkien, Star Wars, and it's just, you get stupid stuff. It's well, fun, it's great. There's other, weir- there's it, other weird things, awesome. too, because, now we've seen them before, but the HK droids, the, the hunter-killer assassin droids, go back to the Knights of the Old Republic. And how did Morgan Elizabeth get so many of them? Because those are the ones that she sicked on Ahsoka at the very beginning of the first episode. Mm-hmm. She has them with her in Mando way back in the day, and she has them with her now, because that's the one that's with, and let's just drop all these Easter eggs all at once. So, oh, absolutely. So we've already dropped one video game. Let me tie another one in for you then. So the Inquisitor that we don't, the only name we know is Merrick, and I, I think you see where I'm going with this, Clear. So something Felonia said off camera is he's a big fan of the Force Unleashed. He is a big fan of Starkiller. Starkiller, does anybody know his real name? Yes, oh, it's uh, his. Um, I don't remember his it's real name. Galen but, uh, I love those Merrick. Names. It's Balin Merrick. Yeah, it's Galen Merrick. or something. His is M A R E K, and it's M A R R O K. Merrick for the for this. So so did we get did we get Star Killer? Is 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 it going to be revealed that it's Starkiller? That'd be awesome. Well, here's the thing, real quick though, is in the voice credits, Sam Witwer is the guy who voices Darth Maul in the Clone Wars, in Rebels, but he's also the facial guy for Galen Merrick in the Star, the, the Force mm-hmm. Unleashed games. Now, he's done a lot of voiceovers. He's done a lot of little cameos. So he could have been grunting as a third character in the background, but it's very interesting that you have Merrick the Inquisitor with a mask. You have Galen Merrick Starkiller, and the guy who is his likeness and his voice appears in the credits after you get introduced to Merrick in episode two. Oh, that's a great theory, but I'm going to throw another curveball at you, too. It's not Ezra. So, huh? It's not Ezra. Yeah, it's, it's Ezra. It's not Ezra. So, so there's a theory that people think, and I, I, say, I, I just said no to it, but I just want to bring it up because there's a thought that that Inquisitor could potentially be Ezra. Now, I'm going to say this, just because we've already thrown some other theories out, with Ezra having the power of the veil and being in the other galaxy, it could potentially be him. And he is trying to adjust things, knowing that certain things need to happen so that either he gets back or whatever, because he knows is he pulling parts a do- of the future, he's pulling a parts Dr. of the Strange past. On us? Is that what you're telling me? I. He could be. I don't. I'm not really buying into that one. I buy more toward the Star Killer one, but I don't even really buy that one either. I mean, it's a great coincidence and a great line. So I'm going to call a timeout real I, quick. So hang on before you call timeout. Oh, sorry. Let me fin- let me finish. <laughs> the, what what I do follow though is and what I do think is is when you think about it, you've only seen Inquisitors in a few other things, especially in live action. If you're only thinking live yeah. action, Obi Wan. Well, you do have Reva there. Which she goes off, you don't know what happens to her. Mm-hmm. But Merrick doesn't really look like a girl. Yeah. Doesn't have the girl figure. But he does have a boy figure. And there are several brothers inside there. It could be one of those 
left over, it could be the one that she was fighting with, whatever his name was, I forget. It's a random theory. It's kind of, yeah. that's a really loose one out there, but just because of, he's the only one who has an Inquisitor blade. Those aren't a very common thing. They're only with the Inquisitors. Correct. And uh, an Inquisitor hasn't been seen in Star Wars at this point for like a good eight, nine years at this point. The last one was seen. Who is the Inquisitor? So the Inquisitors are, oh God. <laughs> Merrick is the one that had the lightsaber that had that little like the curve part on it. And then when he actually spins. did the dual bladed side of it and yeah. it circled around and they actually could spin it. And whenever it came back, it came spinning. Okay. That's an Inquisitor so blade. The Inquisitors the were uh. a the, the Inquisitors was an assassin force trained by Vader, quote unquote, loosely. But it's a, it's won by the Palpatine and by Vader that were to search for any survivors of Order sixty six. They're they're Jedi hunters, or basically what they are. Okay, and, and they, they like weren't Jedi. and they weren't Sith. They weren't. They Sith. were they were force sensitive former Jedi's. That, yeah. yeah, either former Jedis or just Force-sensitive people okay. that were sympathetic to the Empire. I was going to call a timeout for a few reasons, and I'm, I want to throw it back to Hollywood, because we just bombarded yeah. him with a bunch of stuff, oh, number yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, man. Number two, number two, as I was going to say, is it's always funny, because Filoni and Favreau have said that the fans have come up with better stories than they ever have. So going back to, like, Mace yeah. Windu saving Grogu, and then it winds up being just, a, not, you know, not knocking them, but, you know, another Jedi we weren't expecting. So... And I, I, I went back and listened to the very first Star Wars one of you guys. It was Nick and uh, Hollywood on uh, Smooth Ramblings. And I was, uh, I was laughing because, you know, we can come up with all these crazy, crazy theories. And then eh, sometimes reality is not exactly <laughs> what we wind up getting and stuff yeah. like that. But I, I, like I said, I wanted to pause it and throw it back to Hollywood as the quote unquote casual fan. Because, I mean, we just hit him with like four different things. We tied two video games into this. We got space and time travel it's, it's and just lord a, of the rings and lord of the rings that's a whole yeah. lot to take in at yeah. one point yeah so at least for me i mean i like them i'm just trying to piece it all together when you're saying characters names that's when i always lose the characters yeah. names uh but um there's just so many of them there's a lot yeah there's so many but you know i like that the orange blades and how the kuipers you know how those crystals work uh, and the witch that was one of the questions i was going to ask is like what's this witch and so you guys answered that for me and then um and then i remember clear it told me who merrick was like last time we talked and i just couldn't remember the name either which was an awesome so i like the scene i like the scene of the the sword fighting and everything it was just at the last minute she just turns like that yeah just that go super back. cool yeah. don't even I'm don't even no take your eyes off of it <laughs> so she's awesome. like i know your lightsaber's coming back i'm not stupid i do this all the time too yeah, go. and she has a she has a blade. One of her lightsabers is shorter. It's called a shoto it's like a dagger. It's it's a it's it, now this is their not uh, Japanese samurai. It, and yeah. it goes back to the episode that she was actually in, the one she gets introduced in uh, Mando, the Jedi is the name of the episode. But that's where it's very it's Western. I mean, Mando is basically space Western anyway, but it's very samurai showdown type of feel to that particular episode. The magistrate Elizabeth Morgan now. As we know her, it's very Japanese flavored magistrate being a mayor in the Japanese, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's a lot of nods to that. But the Shoto is a smaller, mainly used for guarding. But I mean, obviously it can be used offensively right. as well. It's a what, it's a parry weapon. That's what they call yeah. them. Um, that's since you know. This, sorry, this is my SCA fencing sword fighting part coming oh, yeah. out into me. You know, so you know, of course, with her longer blade, it is more of a quote unquote katana, of course, but it's a straight blade. But there are some instances of curved lightsabers in. It's going to be legends right now, not canon. 
And so you do have that. There is some instances of that, especially if you go watch Star Wars Visions. Fantastic stuff. I love it. Vision Season 1 oh, is the dude. best. Vision Season 2 is kind of I was going to okay. bring it up. But Visions <laughs> I saw some is of it. that loosely based stuff and it's got some great things in there and they've the very first episode of visions is definitely a samurai style one so you get that feel and everything is a great amazing episode go check it out but <coughs> it's just you just open up a whole world there because the, that fight between um morgan elsbeth and um ahsoka in that episode is a very much a samurai style old school battle it's done written exactly like several of the movies from back then and you reminded me of something i completely spaced on but what's very interesting is in rebels so and we this we're tying everything together not only in star wars but some of our podcasts so the dark saber when sabine finds a dark saber uh i'm gonna mess up his name is it callan that was ezra's mentor before he it was the other Jedi in the Rebels. Uh, Callan, I think I that's think it's right. Callan. So Callan, Callan if you discuss. he's teaching Sabine how to use the Darksaber. And the very first thing he teaches her is the guard. Which is exactly the guard she takes at the end of episode one when her and Shen fight. Now, she's supposed to stay there defensively, and that's the way he taught her in the episode, well, in the cartoon. But she gets impatient, and she charges in at Shen. And, I mean, Shen was toying with her. You know, it was kind of interesting to watch that because it's it goes back to they're they're dark Jedi, but they're not completely evil. She could have killed Sabine, no doubt about it. And then like she she placed that shot very specifically, precisely, no, no specifically organs. to yeah. injure, not kill. And I mean, once again, you could even see it as you look back at the fight. You could just she's just playing with her, she's just casually just uh, you know, it's a cat playing with a mice. You know, a mouse. It's just she's just toying it's with like, her. It's like it's like Vader. With Obi Wan in the very first fight they have in the series, in that series, yeah. it's it, Vader's just like pop, pop, just you know having fun, you know. But it's interesting because Filoni is basically getting to continue his own work. So the nods, very specific nods that he put in there for very specific reasons ten years ago, and now he gets to come back and either adjust them or keep them the same, or just little nods for the fans of like, hey, you remember this? Check this out. There you go. And like even little Easter eggs, small Easter eggs, like. When the communication towers that Sabine is staying and living in was actually Ezra's in the show. And the, so you'll see like different stormtrooper hats that they had stolen throughout the series. And then the other little interesting aspect that uh, Clear brought up. But so Sabine is an artist and they say that in the show. But she was constantly changing the way her armor looks. She would spray paint it and change it. But the one that she puts out at the end of episode two is the exact same design as it was on the last episode of Rebels to the T. has a purgel on one arm. It has, like, I think the Phoenix... They become the Phoenix Squad eventually. They were known as Spectres initially. That's on this side, and the way... Just the spray paint and everything. So there's little attention to details for the super, super hardcore fans of, like, oh, that's exact... You know, color scheme is that. There's a helmet from episode whatever there's a lot of little pause pause a scene look around that oh there's this there's this there's this so in saying that this all gets back to the whole theory that i threw out a while back that i can't remember in which episode it was and with who because i've done so many that blur together now but the whole theory of feloni and favreau working their magic to retcon stuff 
You're seeing it happen right now. Uh, I'm sorry. It so awesome. is. It <laughs> is so is because one that re, that true. reconstruction of that scene, image for image, with the exception of the robes and the yeah the minor things, pinpoint reason yeah. why he changed the robes, absolutely alludes to the fact of looking at doing some retconning to make it more solid. That he's going to lead into the fact of once Kennedy's out, going to retcon. Seven, eight, nine. Okay, well, you opened up a can of so, worms. Oh, go ahead, Hollywood. So, so oh, hold on, let me, let me ask you about this. This is going to take some. So, what are you talking about with the robes and stuff? So, so Ahsoka's robes that she was wearing. Okay, you somebody went to grow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah just white, looping, yeah, it back, so, looping it back there just okay. to make the whole sense. So, because okay, so Filoni takes the time to make sure that Sabine Wren armor is a one-for-one copy but he changes that one piece. It shows that he's meticulously uh, looking go at on things. YouTube. You, you, YouTube has it where it's split screen, and it shows shot mm-hmm. for shot the rebel scene in the current scene that you're seeing now. And you see it's almost spot on other than the one or two things that Clear's bringing up. But It's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I, I mean, I love the fact that of that artwork of the, of the crew that you keep on seeing throughout there is like the almost, almost like perfect rendition of like the cartoon stuff from the from the rebel series like that artistry there i love how they did that oh yeah now, it looks, granted, it looks i didn't good. watch rebels i just pulled little i've yeah. only pulled little pieces to help me keep my knowledge together but that was amazing it's, it's, it's spot like on it's those little things like that that he is taking and grabbing and making sure he makes a very pointed point to say look at this because yeah. how many times do you see that where it's Full on center focus, you know, throwing back to Wes Anderson, the the director that has to have everything perfectly framed. Stanley and Kubrick, I think too, right? Yeah, I think so. And that's one of the shots that are just that symmetrical shot it, right there. Filoni loves throwing back to the people that he admires and that he is yes. his, you know, that he considers a mentor. Those are some of them. That's a very critical thing to look at and pay attention to. So I disagree. You and me have had this disagreement. And I still disagree with you, but I totally respect where you're coming from. I don't think they're retconning it. I think Filoni and Favreau, Filoni specifically with Clone Wars and with Rebels, I think he puts Band-Aids and fixes and explains things. You know, like I've said before, like when you're watching the movie and the prequels, Anakin's turn is, I wouldn't say it's out of nowhere, but it's pretty quick. It's a slow burn in Clone Wars. And you could see, like, with a so, so for those who don't know, it's really interesting. I mean, even if you don't want to watch all of them, and I get it, but there's an episode where Ahsoka is framed for some pretty bad stuff. It's a two part episode, and Anakin loses faith in the Jedi Council. Ahsoka winds up being found innocent. She had nothing to do with it. And the Jedi Council's like, our bad dog. Uh, you, you want back in? And she was like, nah, bruh, I'm good. And so she walks <laughs> yep. away from the Jedi Council. Our bad. And that's, and that's really where Anakin becomes disenfranchised with the Jedi Council. And once again, the, the Clone Wars does a great job of explaining that. Whereas you're watching the movie and it's like, you know, they killed my mom. I'm angry. It's like, boom. I, 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 I can't control it. I hate sand. Well, I think that's a great point that you bring into there. I think that was like, because Anakin was always, he wants to, do something yes. you know he wants to be a teacher he wants to he feels that need and when he realizes that he can't save ahsoka it, it just it crushes him at that point and then 
just spiral down from that point so I'm on. Gonna, I'm going to go. I'm going to tie two things back together real quick. Number one would be so we talked about the very beginning of this: Master and Apprentice, Qui Gon, Obi Wan, Ahsoka, Sabine, um, Balin, and Shen. So if hypothetically the Merrick theory is correct and Starkiller comes in, that's an interesting dynamic because now you have Anakin's and his Padawan Ahsoka. And you have Darth Vader's only quote unquote Padawan, if that's become now canon, Galen Merrick slash Starkiller. There's an interesting thing. The w- so I'm just gonna throw this out here real quick. So I don't I don't remember. It could be just a, a nothing. But the beginning of one of the um, Force Unleashed, you play as Darth Vader. Yes, that's the first and you're one. You're walking through the stage. The very first one. Yeah. So what happens at the end of that? Of does he of the Force Unleashed? So it's interesting. No, no. no the, that, what happens at the first of that? Of the, at the ending of that on, stage. He's on Indoor, and he no, no, no. He, he's not Indoor. He's on a uh, whatever the Wookiees home Kashyyyk. Yeah. Is that it? And Kashyyyk is the. Am I messing up the planet? I could be wrong. I don't remember. Kashyyyk is the Wookiee planet. The Wookiee planet. So he's messing Wookiees up, is what he's doing, if you remember right. Yeah. And he's getting to. Galen Merrick as a child because he's being raised by uh, he's being raised as a Padawan by some other Jedi and Darth Vader kills that guy he's like you're mine now and that's how the Force Unleashed one starts is basically okay. and and the funny thing about yeah. that yeah because he yeah he's in that whole he's in the game the whole well, time he's as a, crazy as a mentor in the to... game like he pulls down a a Star Destroyer and so the 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 premise behind the Force Unleashed was if Luke had been raised by Darth Vader from as a child in the oh, evil dude. ways, how would he have been? And that is what Starkiller. Now, if it is Merrick, if Merrick is Starkiller, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to nerf him. You cannot have Starkiller oh, yeah. as he was in the video <laughs> games. Like it, oh, it's, oh, it's no, unfair. Oh. It's totally unfair. It's way too you gotta nerf him big time. Um and then too the other little fun thing too is um the original last name of Luke Skywalker was actually Luke Starkiller. Yes. And yeah. so that's why they had that mirror in there. That's why Starkiller actually came about when those games came into play was they created Starkiller to do that mirror thing like you were talking about. Random, random theory that has nothing to do with Ahsoka, but I just thought I had just heard this, but it blew my mind away. So Thrawn is known, he's, he's from the race of, uh, known as the Sh- Shisk. Am I saying that properly? I believe it's mm-hmm. blue, blue, you know, blue skin red. So they are in the unknown regions. They don't do hyperspace in the unknown regions because it's just so chaotic out there and things have exploded and stars exploded, whatever. So they use force-sensitive children to navigate the unknown region because it's so crazy. Guess what they call them? Skywalkers. So there was a random... It's it's really out there, but the the theory was that Shimmy, Shimmy, however you say Anakin's mom's name, she's somehow descended from the Shisk some way, somehow, far down the line due to the Skywalker name and how Force-sensitive that particular group is. And so with the whole midichlorian and blah, 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 and the Immaculate Conception, but, you know, she already had quite a bit in her before Palpatine or his predecessor did whatever he did to supposedly cause Anakin being born. Just, it was, it was it's out there, but I was like, that's, that's you know, way to tie. It's out there, but actually kind of, that makes a little has a little bit of sense to it. But you know, one thing that came up watching. God, there's so many questions. I'll leave it alone. No, ask Go the ahead. questions, man. About that. <laughs> well, no, this is going to get derailed. Yeah, it'll get well, way derailed here. Oh, I, we get way deep if we go that way. Well, here's <laughs> a question that I have never thought about until watching episode two uh, this of this one. So they um, 
they go to Corellia, which, random factoid, is Han Solo's home planet, I believe. And so they're there. So you got Ahsoka, you have uh, Hera there, and they're talking to, I'm going to know him as uh, Dr. Tob from House, but I forgot what his uh, name is in Star Wars, you know, the, the little guy there at the thing. And so they're rolling <laughs> in that little cart, and they're asking questions, well, what's going on? Well, how many people here are former Imperial? He's like, oh, like 90% of them. You just think we just take over a business and, like, like we don't keep the prior yeah. employees. And the conversation goes eventually with Hera and Ahsoka. It's like, you know, at the very end, it's like, why, why are the people still loyal to the Empire? And Ahsoka says greed, and I completely disagree with her. If you really think about it, if you, I mean, and I never have. I'm, I'll be honest. Like, just, okay, they're evil. They, people have sided with the Empire because they're idiots or whatever their personal reasons are. But if you really think about it, it's propaganda. So when Palpatine did Order 66, he flipped it. We are now the Galactic Empire. The Republic has let you down. The Jedi have let you down. The Jedi have caused these wars. These Jedis have called millions, millions of death. They're supposedly peacekeepers, but they weren't, being, they weren't keeping the peace. And so it's propaganda at this point. And so what does the Empire do? They do a great job. We're going to create millions of jobs, and we're going to give you food, and we're going to help you recover from this war that has destroyed your planet and has killed your families and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to blame the Jedi. And it's a viable reason. And so I believe it. And so... Well, I mean, think about it. All the generals of the Clone Wars were all Jedi. Yeah. You know, Clone Wars just... The Clone Wars decimated places. You know, it was, it was so a very, very painful Palpa war. Palpatine played the ultimate game of chess because obviously he was playing both sides. He set up the Separatists. Oh, a super long game. <laughs> you know, he set up, you know, he took over from the, the Republic. Then he has uh, Darth Vader at this point go finish the remnants of the Separatist at the end of Episode 3. So he takes out the Separatists. Dooku's dead. Anakin slash Darth Vader has taken out all of the Separatists. There's nothing left. There's no droids for them to control. He has now done Order 66. He is now taking care of all the Jedi. And in a few years, he takes out all the clones and replaces them with stormtroopers. So the Empire comes in looking like, awesome. We're going to give you stability. We're going to give you order. We're going to feed you. We're going to give you jobs. We're going to do all this stuff. And, you know, they say it. You got the clones and the Jedi. And so if you think about it, you go back, and there's, it's a season. And I, it's one of my favorite episodes. It's the one with Bill Burr the second time when he kills that guy and he's talking to that evil general or whatever and he goes, people don't want freedom. They just want order. And so the empire yep. has, you know, the propaganda the empire has done has been so convincing across the entire galaxy. And if you really think about it, what Filoni is doing here is because, okay, so this is taking place after, this is when the New Republic is coming up. And now we know because of the sequel trilogy we don't want to talk about, they don't keep control for very long. And the First Order steps up. So he's also explaining to you why it failed. And what's hilarious about this is you can analogize this, you know, any analogy you want to do. It's hard to get to the top. It's harder to stay on the top. You want to be a rebellion? You want to take out the top dog? You took us out. Now how are you going to run things? Empire might have ran it better. <laughs> So well, I mean, I mean, you got. I mean, those are. It's a great, great thought process through all that because I mean, going back to the whole statement from Bill Burr in that episode, they don't want freedom, power. They want order. They want order, and that's they want order. I mean, who doesn't want order? You want things to 
be level, and the Empire gives that. Kathleen Kennedy is the propaganda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, too, what's really interesting in thinking all of that is <laughs> the way that Palpatine goes in and causes all the chaos to create the need and want for order to just, oh, I'm and he tired has, of this. And he has the answer out. for you. He's got the answer ready That's to what go. what you have to do, create a problem. We're the only solution. Boom. I mean, he did. I mean, he, he, got, the, you have to do. he got the Trade Federation to do something stupid that destabilized that. But, and then he was able to weasel his way into the Senate, and then he was able to easily uproot everything. Now, there's some you know, evil well, people the in the Empire. I'm not justifying the Empire, but what I'm saying is for the everyday <laughs> citizen who's out in that war-torn country, planet, whatever, yeah. you can maybe see why they didn't want the Empire not to be around, is what I'm saying. So when those guys well, you all still turn, make assumptions that... You still make assumptions that they're being fed properly and they're getting paid equally and and so on. Remember what was the what was um? I mean, there's, uh, there's Ray a, was she working on that planet where she wouldn't get paid for proper food and all this? So that's that's past that. That's past that. That's, that's way that after. Didn't... That's after. But but I'm saying the empire's controlling no, that though, right? No, that's no, the, that's, that's the new republic, that's baby. The first order. That's the new republic. That's all. Oh, the, so yeah, they, that's, no, that's, that's, that's out. That's, <laughs> that's that. You're proving no, my so point, Hollywood. So one that's actually one that's actually proving. That's disproving your point there. Um, the Republic swinging. The first one has to take over. Inside, is episode no episodes in Obi One where they have taken uh, over. Yeah, well, you see, you see these like slavish style labor of the yeah. planets that are controlled by the Empire. Depending, you see them getting fed less. You see them getting less rations and things like they that. They start off well. And depending on the planet and depending on what service they give the Empire, because once again, the Empire is very xenophobic, and you don't find this out until mm -hmm. later. Thrawn's the exception. You see nothing but humans in any kind of position of power in the Empire other than Thrawn, which you really don't see in the original trilogy. But going with all that, so there's going to be a Thrawn movie, and this is where legends and canon get really interesting because they've already said, we need Thrawn to push and so Nick did a great job for you, Hollywood, way back, and he explained what Thrawn did. So Thrawn comes in the legends that doesn't exist anymore, but I believe they're using that as a template for what they're going to do. The Emperor sends Thrawn. Thrawn's out. This is legends. This isn't canon. He's out in the unknown regions, and he finds this threat. And he's, he actually creates something called the Empire of the Hand, and it's, it's Thrawn's version of the empire but actually what's weirdly going back to the point i was just making this is a good empire this is where they go in and they go let's be beneficial you help us do this you help us build bases we'll protect you and we have a group of us so the empire of the hand actually was a well-ran organization he comes back and the only reason that thrawn joined the empire because of order he's like the republic has their you know they don't know what the heck they're doing i need somebody with some order to help me fight the things that are coming to my town so Thrawn comes back, sees what's going on, and was like, I'm going to take over then. If the Emperor's not here, I'll do this. And he darn near does, other than the fact he gets assassinated by a friend of his. That's it. He was whooping Akbar's butt and all of, the, all of the Republic all over the place until he got taken out by his own dude. And there's a different version of that now that's actually canon in novels and stuff. But what I'm saying is, 
Thrawn's going to be a very interesting character when we finally do get to see him in this series. But he's going to be a very interesting character going forth. And one of my favorite villains in all of fiction is Magneto. Because you can understand where Magneto is coming from. Completely. Don't, don't agree with the way he does things at times. But you can understand his mentality. And in his mind, he's the hero. He's not the bad guy. He's not evil to be evil. He's like, yo, I'm doing the right thing. Whether you see that or not, I'm doing the right thing. Thrawn is very similar, but he's also the greatest military you know, strategist in all of Star Wars. And he finds your weaknesses, he puts you in traps, he sniffs out your traps, like he's a genius. And it's gonna be interesting to see how they portray him live action. Because if, if you go to Rebels, you'll see how smart he is even in Rebels where he's just manipulating things and setting things up and he's three steps ahead of you the whole time. And my thing with Thrawn is, is knowing all of this is Thrawn really the bad guy in this is he is he really going to be the villain in this because he came to the empire just wanting that stability and that order he used the power that he was given to his advantage being literally the only quote unquote alien in any type of upper power in the empire and doing what he's done you know it's it's one of those things, and I'm glad you brought in Magneto because he's a great example of it because his past, you understand him, you feel him. He's one of those sympathetic villains when he is a villain because there's times that he's not a villain. You get that sympathetic villain. I think Thrawn's probably going to even be a little bit more sympathetic than – you're going you're gonna to have more of that sympathetic feeling toward Thrawn more so even than what you would with – Magneto just due to some of the nuances It there. reminds me a little bit of Doctor Doom too and I think I read somewhere where like <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Fantastic was PO'd. They had seen something where they had seen like 20, you know, same thing with the Doctor Strange thing. They saw 14,000 future outcomes and Doom took control of like half of them and they all flourished. Doom being in charge <laughs> was better than anything with the good guys quote unquote being in charge and it drove Reed Richards insane because he's oh yeah you know Doom was like told you he's supposed to be like, bad told he's you supposed to be evil I told you I'm the man let me run this stuff and I'll get this done <laughs> yeah maybe the, that's the, wrong. The low, it really is and I love that you bring Doom into that too because I mean I can't wait till they actually finally creep that character into the universe yeah Marvel because it's oh gosh Doom is such a multifaceted character and all the stuff he goes through. There's some insanity there, but getting back to Thrawn, I just can't wait to see him live action. Well, I really can't. I'm I mean, excited about some of it. The, some of the stuff that I don't think is so much theories. I mean, I hate to say it. Unfortunately, the uh, the actor who played Balin has passed away. Uh, I can't. Ray, yeah, Ray, Ray Stevenson. But I think you yeah. can even, even, I don't know if that was part of it prior to or they adjusted it because of real life situation, but Shin's going to turn on him. You can see Shin, like there's just things that she just, it's, it's very subtle. But she starts questioning things every now and then, like, like we're dealing with a witch, or why are we going to do this with Thrawn? Mm -hmm. And you could see her kind of like look for him for like approval, but it's also yeah. this weird little like subtle like, is this going to make him happy? It's I don't care if I make him happy. All, it, it's a lot of imaging of Obi Wan and Anakin, a lot. Yeah. And if you paid attention to Shin's hair, she so happens to have the Padawan. She has the Padawan braid. Braid tail. The rat tail, and I don't <laughs> think a lot. Of, I don't think a lot. Yeah, it's a rat tail, basically. I don't think a lot of people pi has picked up on that yet. No, and I think that's kind of what. Because when I saw that, I'm like, Sith don't have that. No, they don't. And that right there, that right there was my sign that 
these aren't Sith, but they're not super nice either. I got to give you a hard time, Claire. So you, you, you saw the rat tail, which was very hard to see, but you didn't see the orange lightsabers? Come on. I no, I didn't do I'm messing with you. <laughs> that was just I'm, funny. I'm just colorblind color to red. <laughs> I'm messing with you, Claire. I really am. So if it's if it's even slightly close to red, it, it's red it, to me. I mean, looks, pinks is red. No, it looks. I mean, it does look red. But like, if you take a quick, it, it really is orange. I'm just giving you. A I hard mean, time. I've got a I've got a picture of it pulled up here, and the way that they do the shot, they glow it red. Yeah. And the saber's orange, but it's a deep enough orange that it looks red. Now to me it just looks all red, but I can tell by the like I said, I'm just I'm just busting your you know what it's, I know uh, you're busting with me. <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know. I pick, it I pick, is orange. I see it right off the bat. You see I it? Pick, yeah. You know, I pick, did it catch that before though, Hollywood? It still no, it, it still looks red to me. It does but, look I mean, red, but, we, but I mean it's color bronze, so okay. So Filoni is um, really known for that. It's just these little details, like Clear's oh, pointed yeah. out, just these itty bitty details, and it's like and. Uh, and you mentioned something. That's what I was going to say. When you and Nick did the podcast, Hollywood, you were saying that you love the way they do this format, where they don't just Netflix binge it. Boom, here's all eight episodes. Yeah, watch yeah. Because the cool thing is you have discussions like this between fans or just even casual or hardcore fans. Hey, did you watch that? What you think of it? What do you think's going to happen next? Who do you think's going to say? How many Grogu? times have you watched the two episodes? Twice. I've watched them twice, but I have done some research after the fact. Four times each. That's impressive. I've, re- I've watched them twice. Um... Cause I I was watching them and I got like so like into it that I just got that super hyper focus that didn't catch everything. Well, and an, didn't catch much of anything. Another thing you talked about you talked about a force power before, but it's been shown in Clone Wars, but it's never been shown like in live action, I believe. And it's called psychometry, where yeah. Ahsoka rolls in and it's almost like she's doing a replay of the fight they had the night before. Remember, she rolls in there and you could like she's hearing the lightsaber, she's hearing the conversations. And she's only the second Jedi that I'm aware of who's ever even shown that capability. So it goes back to Luke is such a B.A. because Ahsoka is, and I hate to say it, Luke is way above her level, but Ahsoka's incredible with what she's able to do and stuff like that. And like I said, it's just these parallels. But she learned most of that on her own. That's what makes Ahsoka such a high-level... Well, so did Luke. How did she train? Force-sensitive. Well, Luke didn't learn it all on his own, Ahsoka really did start. I mean, it's like once she broke away from Anakin. the Jedi Order, that's when she started learning. Yeah, because I'm sorry, Anakin kind of held her back. Yes and no, but I that's agree with Anakin. You there. But that's but that's Anakin though. That yeah. Anakin doesn't want want somebody to get more powerful than him anyway. He yeah. he wants to be the top <laughs> dog anyway. That's just him. So how does she learn? Just keep practicing the Force. Well, it's kind of. I mean, I, mean, I guess it depends on how you want to look at it. They don't really go into because like when she goes and she's outside of the cartoons there's a novel that kind of covers it but she just kind of went off and went farming like she just wanted a peaceful life she pulled a thanos on us like let me snap my fingers and yeah. then i'm gonna go chill i'm yeah. gonna go chill out in the fields real quick so <laughs> she was gone and the only reason she even got sucked back into all this is because when the inquisitor the inquisitors found her years after the fact and attacked her and that's how she has that lightsaber it was a sith lightsaber well it was a red Sith lightsaber from an Inquisitor, yep. and she purified it. So that's where she got one of her lightsabers was from the Inquisitor who attacked her while she was just out chilling, farming on some random planet somewhere. 
Which technically it's mainly just the crystal out of it and some of the parts. Yeah. She farmed it out and rebuilt it because well, of she didn't want the connotation of Sith being attached to her with the look you're, of the You're saber. right. So speaking of that, that's a random thing. Ezra and the Rebels thing has the I love coolest, random things. Has the coolest lightsaber in the world because it's oh, a yeah. it's a blaster lightsaber hybrid. He built a blaster yeah. hilt that actually shoots that then turns into a lightsaber. Now Sabine has messed that up in the show. But the original, oh, yeah. the original lightsaber <laughs> was a blaster oh, yeah. lightsaber. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. When I when I saw that <laughs> and, I knew, and I and I knew gun blade. of the res uh, of the res. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you even said that in one of our episodes before the gun blade. We made a joke about that. Yeah. But when I saw um, Sabine with it, and then she goes, "This is Ezra's," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know, man." I was like, I wanted to see. Live Ezra's. action, live action. I wanted to see B. Yeah, I wanted so to see. So how's Ezra related to Sabine? So Ezra, <laughs> they're just good friends. They're yeah, really they're, close. They're oh, okay. So Ezra. So so without going way into detail, basically Rebels is interesting. Rebels starts off Hera that you see, uh, Callan, who's unfortunately not with us anymore, was a Jedi. They were romantically involved. They have a child that you we may see in the show called Jace, I believe. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, and then Zeb that you saw at the end of Mandalorian, the last episode of Mandalorian season three, he was like that big dude that was in the bar. He made a cameo real quick. Chopper that you met, the droid that's very filthy. That's that's voiced by Dave Filoni. And if you pay attention, you can hear what he's saying. It's just they mumble yep. it. You know, like if you listen to Chopper, you can hear, where's my stuff? I didn't touch it. You moved it. Oh, my bad. Like, you can actually hear he's what he's... He's the only droid that actually has, like, You can like hear what that, he's saying. Like, but, astromech droid, I should say, because yes. he's an astromech droid. So, basically, the Rebels were on uh, on that planet, and they were doing hit-and-runs on the, on the um, Empire. They were stealing guns and stuff. And they bump into Ezra, and Ezra happens to be Force-sensitive. And then he joins the crew. You're seeing he's the main character in Rebels. And that's... They start off like that. You eventually find out that Ahsoka is a lead one of the lead agents of the rebellion. And then they start doing bigger and bigger and bigger stuff. I mean, at, at one point, one really cool episode you would probably get a kick out of Hollywood is uh, Darth Maul makes an appearance in Rebels a few times. Actually, there's a cool thing with that. But they go to a Sith planet with a Sith temple that has a Sith weapon in it. Darth Maul tricks Ezra to help him. And then uh, guess who shows up? None other than Darth Vader and Darth and Ahsoka have, and they might show this in this in the in the series. But Ahsoka has figured out who Darth Vader is. She figures out it's Anakin, and they have a very climactic battle that's pretty impressive to see. And um, but wouldn't that battle technically be in the past in this series it because would, of where they're at? Well, it would be in the past. And Ahsoka, but is it with the world between worlds? In the episode, it looks like Ahsoka dies straight up, and then. Down the road. Oh yeah, Ezra, yeah, that's right. Because Ezra, of the, Ezra pulls Ezra her through. Ezra pulls her and, through the world between worlds and changes history. Ahsoka looked like she died a season and a half prior to when he rescues her way down the road. But yeah, we're getting away in the rebels. That, 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 you bringing that up? That's why I say the theory of Ezra potentially being Merrick 
now that could be him, there. It's very, very, very tiny. Him going possibility, through that, but if, there's if that. the temple still exists and he went through it and got there, that makes sense. I, I, I won't disagree with you, but it's so it's still got all this time travel and all this. It could potentially. In this war- it could potentially have time travel. But you said they've already done it. In, they've already done it in Rebels. You just they said have they, done it in Rebels. Ahsoka essentially died. Yes, they they wow. insinuate it. Basically, you see this huge battle. Darth Darth Vader and Ahsoka are having this battle, and the temple starts falling in. Darth survives barely. Like, he looks like he just got rocked by Mike Tyson. You never see Ahsoka walk out. So it's assumed that she dies. And then, like, a year and a half later, Ezra finds the world between worlds in the Jedi Temple, and he rescues Ahsoka from that moment. And it gets really weird. Now, there's some other stuff in Rebels, and they showed it in The Mandalorian, and now you don't see it. And this is more for clear, but there's a, a very force-sensitive owl called Mori that's very on the good side of the force. And that's a long story to explain, but basically he follows... An owl? It's an owl. Okay. There's an episode in Clone Wars. <laughs> this is... If you don't watch any Clone Wars... Bringing movie, animals into it. Watch this one episode. Swear to God. Watch I'm this. I'm trying to remember all that. It's called... Like, when you say the owl, I'm like, oh my gosh, so I remember that. Which there's an episode in Clone Wars, it. and I'll find it or you can find it. It's awesome. It's one, maybe two episodes. You've got to watch it. It's called... They go to a planet called Mortis, and it's the manifestation of the force. It's the father, the sister, and the brother. The brother represents the evil side, the dark side. The sister represents the good, and the father keeps them in perpetual balance. The father is dying, and Anakin is the only person strong enough to take his spot. During the episode, the brother kills... Well, that makes perfect sense, though. Yeah, it, it's really Sorry, sweet. So in, in that episode, the brother kills the sister. Or no, he doesn't kill the sister. He kills Ahsoka. And the sister offers up her life or her light force to save Ahsoka. And so when she does that, it's, it's kind of insinuated that the owl is the representation of the what's left of the sister who gave her life for Ahsoka. The owl appears in the Mandalorian episode. If you remember when they first meet, they fight Mando and Ahsoka. And then she goes, oh, you want to talk about the child? And it's a beautiful scene. So as soon as that happens... It shows that scene at night where Ahsoka and and Grogu are yes. just sitting at each other. The owl, yes. the owl is in the very top of the screen. So Mori is the name of the owl, and hey, and, and it's always around him, around her. Haven't seen Mori yet. During that, does that mean Ahsoka is going a little bit darker? Not saying she's evil, but I'm saying like when Ahsoka is doing good things and she's associated with the light side of the Force, you will see. Look it up real quick. M O R I Mori. But if you, I, I, now that you lay it out like that, I, yeah. In my digging and reading, I remember that. Um, golly, that brings up a great point. And then it too, it leans to the whole thing of where Filoni changed her robes to that gray. Because you haven't and seen she more needs to yet. be a little dark, and she needs to be a little bit darker. For this because, journey. I mean, think about it. The way that she went into that one temple on the planet there to get the map. I mean, she wasn't playing fully by the rules to get the information to get there. You know, she she tortured yeah. Elizabeth to yeah, get yeah, that yeah, out. You love you that. And, and random note for people who don't know, and I can't, if you, I love Doctor Who. My favorite one is David Tennant, and David Tennant's the voice of Hugh Yang, who's the robot. I, and he was in the Rebels too, but I just, I, I love that look, little. I knew he, I knew he was in the, ep- I knew he was in the series. He's Hugh Yang. But when I hear him, when I hear Hugh Yang speak, 
I'm like, I don't hear David Tennant. Da- I could hear it. I can and hear then David Tennant. Once I finally, well, the thing is, is I didn't hear it because I didn't know because I didn't look up. Oh yeah, which actors were playing what. And so I'm like, when I get to the end of the first episode, I'm like, I thought David Tennant was in this. Where's David Tennant? I didn't see him. I didn't see anything or whatever. And then I, my second watch through of all of it, I go, he's an egg droid. And because I hear it, all of a sudden I, it just clicked. I go, David Tennant, right there. Click, boom, up. Oh, there he is. So, and now all I hear is David Tennant at that point. For you, Hollywood, it's a two-part, I think, on Clone Wars. It's incredible. You ought to see it. It explains Maury. Maury shows up in Rebels in the World Between Worlds. If you remember that, they're clear, too. Maury's in that one, too. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to the Mandalorian episode I talked about, you'll see Maury very quickly. But Maury's in that one. But I have not seen Maury at all in the episodes up to this point. So it goes back to what Claire was saying about the whole dark, turning darker a little bit for this journey and stuff. And that goes back to Filoni being Filoni, who I love Favreau. Filoni's my guy. Filoni directed that Jedi episode with Ahsoka gets introduced. I believe he also directed the episode where Boba Fett gets introduced. Like, like Boba Boba, not just the quick little, you know, but when, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So Favreau's really... Well, and he also... And he also drove the episodes to um, in the Book of Boba Fett that had Ahsoka Correct. in there because that's his. Filoni that's his is very protective, uh, very protective over her. Yeah. And through my readings, I'm like, I see well, why, we, I understand we why. Because we mentioned this on the one that me and Hollywood first did, and I just want to repoint this for somebody who hasn't heard that podcast. Ahsoka is my favorite Star Wars character ever, and it's because of how well Filoni thought this out. He knew that any Padawan he introduced was going to be hated. So he purposely made Ahsoka annoying <laughs> That's awesome. and just like gets under your skin so he could allow her to grow. And it's that human nature. You know, you know, Thunder's not as bad as it used to be, dog. Like he's, he's really growing on me. Well, it, it was, that was all planned from the beginning. He wanted her to be super annoying and he slowly grew her to where she is today. And it's just from a storyteller, from a whatever aspect you want to look at, it's incredible to see the growth and how he grew that character. Well, I mean, it's, it goes back to throwbacks of his love for Tolkien. I mean, yeah. look at what Tolkien did to Gandalf. Gandalf's a great example of that growth, even though Gandalf is, like, forever old. I love... Because when he goes from, when he goes from Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White, and he becomes, like, this hyper-knowledged person. Like, you see Gandalf the Grey smoking his pipe. I mean, he's pretty much a guy that's, like, Chilling. Just chilling the entire yeah. time. And all right, let me get my wand out, whack this thing, you know. And then all of a sudden, when he comes to white, he's like, hmm, I'm now hyper intelligent. And he gets like proper. Like he turns like his stature is proper. I mean, if you look at it and you watch it, watch it, read it, his stature changes. Everything about him changes when he becomes Gandalf the White. Uh, the, the only thing, I, Filoni there's rolls some, there's with so that much too. deep into it, but it goes back to the whole onions and layers thing. Cause, you know, you could just look at it like, yo, dude, I just killed a Balrog and I'm the man. I'm just going to change these robes because I'm the most bad, you know what, walk in the earth because I just took out that demon. So, no, I 100% agree. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but, but if he stayed stay Gandalf the Grey after that, that would have been him with the ball. I mean, he would have came in with his pimp walk and everything. probably got a like, lot of experience I, from, I that, from that, that ball. You know, he would have had what, the what Vince that McMahon there, walk in. I said he probably got a lot of experience oh, yeah. points he, he, from well, that, so, no, that look, ball I've rock. heard that joke. got to level I've up. heard that joke. Gandalf is the most selfish. That's the first thing Gadrock no, said to me. He's the most. He's the most selfish party member ever. You guys all dip out, yeah. and I'm gonna take all the XP points. Like it's he all said, mine. Y'all run. Yeah, y'all yeah. run. I got this. <laughs> oh my god! Right when I it showed Gandalf the White thing out, I can't hear y'all. Took all the good gear. Right when it showed Gandalf the White, Gadrock leaned over to me and goes, 
Gandalf came to level. We watched it at the same time, like in the in the movie. So it's like that's hilarious. Well, I mean, it's just, exactly right. I mean, it, honestly, if he would have stayed Gandalf the Grey, whenever he was, you know, whenever they caught back up to the whenever he caught back to the party, he would have Vince McMahon walked through that light Swag. instead of you know just I killed him. Yeah, I got the ball right, you know. But he was like, hmm, you know. So he kind of. <laughs> It's that weird growth there. And so, Hollywood, I know that was a you lot see we that. threw at you, man. I mean, I know you might have a question. You're making me want to watch Ahsoka 3 now. I mean, well, I, I want to see the third episode yeah, I, now. It sounds awesome. And I want to watch those clone. You sent me some back in the day for Rebels and Clone for the Darksaber. Yeah, for the Darksaber. I watched those, yeah. But this one, it's yeah. it, that one I talked about specifically. It's just a really cool, like, it's the, Ahsoka's in it. It's basically Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, and Anakin get lost. They, they're... It, it feels like it's almost like an old Star Trek episode. Like, oh, there's a beacon and there's an emergency message and we're going to go rescue these people and now we've been tricked. You know, yeah. like it's, it's really yeah. interesting how it leads into that. But like, I think it's a two-parter. It, but it even insinuates that he becomes Darth Vader, etc. It's, it's just a really, really good episode. And the interesting thing is in Rebels, they pay homage to it. Because there's the there's the picture of the three of them, the father, the sister, and the daughter. And actually, to get into the temple, they have to kind of like adjust a puzzle. It's almost like playing Tomb Raider or Uncharted. You got you know Resident Evil back in the day, and they've got to do stuff with this mural that's in the wall to open up a specific way. And it's a it, the puzzle, if you will, the mural is of the father, the sister, and the, the brother. So it's kind of a. Well, that, so this was the whole thing that you know the the person to bring balance to the force was. Uh, it's supposed to be Anakin, and now it, uh, depending on how you yeah, look at Anakin, it, Anakin, and so that's why you're saying, yeah, it's exactly he's going to be the he's the only one powerful enough to keep them in check. Yes, the, exactly what. That's uh, what the father that the father purposely found Anakin and brought him there to test him, and he passes the test, and he goes, he, he doesn't even really give him an option, like, oh, you're taking my spot, homie, like, buckle up, you're living here for the rest of your life, and taking keeping my kids in check. Worst babysitting you see, when, job when you're ever. talking about this, this sounds awesome when you talk about them. You know, when you talk about the lore there. And I guess it's a lot with the comic books, any comic book, too. Yeah. I mean, if I've heard, like, you know, Superman and all the people talk about the comic books. You go, man, this sounds awesome. I want to read it. But then when you go actually watch the episode, it's more like childish kind of, too. It's really playful. So, you know, it seems to be that way in Rebels. Rebels is like that. I don't believe Clone Wars is. And, I mean, Clear, okay. clear me have had I, – I, I, Clear has insinuated this before, and, I, and he was right, and I'm just going to address that. But, like, you know, I, the passion I have for Clone Wars <clears throat> is because of my oldest son who passed away. This was one of his favorite shows. And so this was our thing. And we would sit there. And oh, so it yeah, has, it's awesome. a sentimental thing to me. But it's one of those things as you guys as parents as well. There's been, I guarantee you, there's been one cartoon or one show that your children have loved, and you sat down and you watched it thinking what you just said about Rebels. And you sit down and you go, well, this is a lot deeper than I thought it was. Yeah, this story is a lot no better doubt. than I thought. And then you wind up watching it by yourself, and the kids have already gone off to play or gone to bed, and you're sitting there watching episode three, and you're like, why am I watching? Because it's dope. <laughs> That's why I'm watching I, this. I, yeah. I introduced my son to Dragon Ball. We've watched all of Dragon Ball Z, all of Dragon Ball GT, all of Dragon Ball Super, and he wants to watch it all again. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> so when I watch it, because I can't tell you how many watch-throughs it's been for that, but when I start watching it over, it's like, oh my gosh, they've got so many weird alliteration meetings yes. here and there with everything because it's very, with the two main characters, because pretty much from Dragon Ball Z on, it's pretty much Goku, Vegeta. Yeah. No, agreed. And they're 
almost polar opposites mirroring each other all the way through. And it's the redemption arc of Vegeta and Goku almost going towards Vegeta in some places. So you have that back and forth and you get a lot more of that in Super because no, I've that's hyper focused on the Super then. So and then of course when you start thinking about like the the manga and doing that with the different things going on there because it's just really crazy how it lines up. It's like almost like the whole Anakin and Obi-Wan parallels there and all it's crazy so, to think it you see a lot so of for things. you Hollywood I'll tell you this I agree with what you're saying what? but I think clone my personal opinion I, I think you can watch Clone Wars as an adult without your children and I think you can get a lot out of it I can see where you're coming from with Rebels and I think it's amazing I just talking about Rebels I tried to watch that from the I start and it was fine it was fine it wasn't I think like it's the annoying animation. or anything I, I think just, it's the animation yeah, it's the animation it's just, probably. it's just the way your brain connects that I think you know when you see a certain yeah, art maybe. style and you're just kind of like you just whether you mean to or not you biasly go okay I'm expecting this and you're going to see yeah. what you want to see and I think yeah. because of the CGI with Clone Wars in my personal opinion I think it just it doesn't feel as cartoonish Therefore, you can kind of like mentally, and then if you just give it a few minutes, you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. 100% agree with you on yeah. that because um, my son, I told him, you need to watch a little bit of Rebels because I let him, I, I can't remember if I let him watch Ahsoka or not. I might have. Um, and just let him start, you need to watch this Rebels. This Rebels is a really good thing. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but you watch it. I want you to understand it and have something of your piece because he's dying to watch more Star Wars stuff. He's dying to watch more Marvel stuff. And I'm like, okay, I found something that maybe you'll like and everything. And he didn't get very far and had to turn it my, off because he's just like, it's a little too much for me. My daughter doesn't like Rebels. I, we've tried uh, we've tried Clone Wars, but for her, I think there's certain characters she associates it with. So like, if certain characters are not in it, i.e. Yoda, Baby yeah. Yoda, Mandalorian, she's kind of like... The very first episode of Clone Wars in order is Yoda. And she was all mm -hmm. about the first episode. And then the second episode was nothing but the clones. And she was like, I'm like 10 minutes in. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to watch <laughs> this anymore. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Clone Wars is very much more of a militaristic show. It is. It's a thing that you can get into as an adult for that, for those facts, because you see, I mean, it's, it's, following it's, the Clone well, Wars. It's funny that you say that because it reminds me of those old war reels that they showed during World War II. Yes, that's how it starts yes. off. That's like, you know, in, in Germany, you know, the, the allies with 17,000 people. <laughs> that's how the Clone Wars does it, a lot of it. It's, the guy talking. Well, the, it, yeah, the narrator that, that, on almost every episode is just that, Obi-Wan... Here we are now! Obi-Wan, Anakin, you know, just, and Yoda... are taking on millions of enemies on, you know, Genosha, blah, blah, Clone blah, Wars, blah. to me, got a bad got a bad start because just because it kind of came out like right after the f one, two and three. Yeah. And so you're kind of like, ah, I didn't really like the clones and I didn't like the whole, all that, you know, it's just too much CGI and in, in the clone and the, and not in the clone wars, but in the clone, yeah. uh, the part two or whatever of a Attack thing. Of the so I, yeah. I, yeah. I, and so you're like, Oh, I got enough of that, man. I don't want to see any more. I of that. couldn't get over the but lightsabers. They the way you? they did the lightsabers in, in, in clone wars. Mm, I can see that. What they do? The pencil lightsabers. They're very thin. Yeah. Are too thin. They're like super thin. Like <laughs> when you see it, it's just the little bitty light, and you can see like the whole top of the hilt of the lightsaber. It just doesn't. Uh, it just didn't yeah, look right weird. to me. And I'm like, 
I'm sorry, my OCD got really bad at that, and it's just like I can't, I can't do it. Like it was it's hard. so funny how that works. I tried to get through it, and I just like no. I keep on looking. I was like, it's so wrong. It's so wrong. So, I'm laughing yeah. at that, and this is for for Hollywood. So, um, and I think you'll know what I'm talking about from the enlisted side with our ranks. The way they do our ranks and our chevrons and all that, sometimes they look super fat. I just think it's disgusting. I just hate. You know what I'm talking about? Like when they just put like on a t-shirt <laughs> or whatever, and it's like the master sergeant stripes are like. Like this, and it's this wide. Oh it just yeah, looks what you're wonky, yeah. You know what? I'm not saying it needs to be the opposite, but like there's a happy medium, and I've seen you see this. I've seen these ranks, and you're just like it looks distorted. You're just like what? So I understand what you're saying with the lightsabers. I guess is what I'm saying there, clear. But um, me being a civilian and looking at military stuff, when I see shirts like that, I'm like. That's not the right rank. That's not how it's supposed to look. It's supposed to look like it does on the arm because that's 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 your rank. Yeah, it's there. Well, There's a reason why it's there. It's, There's a reason why you have the stars on the shoulders. It's There's, distorted in some stuff, and you're just looking at it, especially with the chevrons for mm-hmm. the enlisted. I mean, they, they typically don't mess up the mili- uh, the officer ranks too much, but I've seen some some birds that didn't look exactly <laughs> spot on. But well, speaking of speaking of the military stuff, th- what did you think about the general in uh, Ahsoka? Oh, Sadula. Sadula, yeah. so I love Sadula. Like whoever the general was, yeah. So Sadula, yeah. Her hair. I mean, technically Sadula, and so, so uh, I just say Sadula because that's you know I know it's her Hera Sadula. So I I know her. Hera, yeah, Hera. Yeah. I know her as a character. I uh, let's see how to put this. So there was complaints with Ahsoka's character design, and I forgot what they're exactly the 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 proper term here quote yeah because it was supposed to be a lot longer it gets longer as you get older yeah. and it looked a little it didn't look off off but it looked a little wonky i think they've done a better job with the series with the way that looks harris yeah. harris face i think they've done about as good as they can to recreate the cartoon but it seems a light slightly off now as far as the actress and the job she's doing hair well, just mean the character yeah the character the characters yeah solely so like, i mean i it's a lot like she was. And right it's up. a lot like she was. I mean, okay, so for as far as her being like she is in the TV show, I think they've done a spot-on job. Her being a quote-unquote okay. general, as you and me would associate. Yeah, this yeah. uh, <laughs> throws me off, man. No, I'm just Because it's, like, it's fine for a general in a make-believe world or whatever, but that's not uh, that's not how general acts or anything. It just messed me well, up, I'm man. Sorry. I'm like, sorry there, Hollywood. I mean, but the, the, that's what the, threw the, me the general Sadula need, like, three aides to get her her coffee, and you know as well as I do, she's not That's what I was saying. She's not she's flying, always, they always have an flying, entourage. She's not flying herself. <laughs> To go meet she, Ahsoka. So I, but I'm saying I had to cut I had to cut off the military part to. like halfway through and go, okay, this is just you know then then it, then I got it and it was good because yeah. it was part of the Hollywood, the universe, which you but, don't just realize you actually brought in a perfect point of what Swingy said earlier about why the Republic didn't last so long. Look at how they're doing the military right even there yeah. with that general, with yeah. General Sedula. It's it's loose. It's not it's not that structure. It is loose. It's not That's a good structure. way to put it. When are you That's kind of way I felt. She's like, when are you going to let a general direct, go solo not, by herself to go meet a yeah. Jedi? To yeah, never, never. <laughs> when are you going to tell a, a general no? You're, I'm not going to give you. You're that not going to tell a general no, but it's more of the the general would never hypothetically put, that was the, part put of themselves. It. Oh, a general, nothing's classified to me. Oh yeah, there is yeah. general. Yeah, yeah, there is classified <laughs> but to you, general. Anyway. But yeah, yeah, like there's <laughs> no. I, I authorized it. No, that's not the way it works. You want a bet? You want a bet? Okay, general, don't talk like that. But anyway, <laughs> the cartoon general will. That's fine. <laughs> but real general don't talk like that. No, I mean real general never flexes. So uh, they, they, just them being there is a swing. Being I, I got flex. something I want to <laughs> ask you that. Um, it was just interesting to me of when they introduced Sabine Wren 
on the little speeder bike she was on. I mean, it was an awesome scene. I love the scene. It was an awesome scene. But the music, but the music, it's a throw. Oh, it's yeah. a throw. It's a throw into um, Japanese cyberpunk yes. style stuff. Yeah, that's tight. How do you feel that did did that fit? What you know of Sabine Wren if, was that? I, I think yeah, kind of out if, of. If I would have ever, if if they would have ever shown an episode of Sabine rocking her, you know, her iTunes account, yes, I could see that song <laughs> being, you know, her with her her AirPods in. Yes, I could see that being a song. She, you know, the the bike and everything else. I thought it was a perfect introduction. Like really, she's punk. She's an artist. She's mm-hmm. on her own, you know. She's very independent and fierce. I, I think yeah. that so was. So she looks really young. So she is. Uh, her and Ezra. So is this after? So all of her mishaps with Mandalorian and all that, and she just messed. You know what I'm so, saying? No, this is after her Mandalorian so adventures. It's, it's Sabine. Oh, so yeah. yeah so yes, this this, this was after that she this gave, after, tried to give the dark saber. This to, is after the show, but she was very young in the show. I want to say she was like 15, 16, 17. Okay. Which the thing that's really interesting with her is she's an incredible genius. And so the Empire selected her to go to the Academy. And there's a lot of guilt, and I don't think they're going to get into it in the show, to be honest with you, but there's a lot of guilt with Sabine because basically Sabine figured out how to defeat Beskar. She learned, she created a machine that basically turned (laughs) Beskar and microwaved herself in it. And the Empire took that and they messed up the Mandalorians with it. Now, how much... The whole purge. That's what, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's going to be some things. There's going to be some topics that I'm going to be interested. I don't think they're going to touch that. I really don't. I think just what. I don't either. I think just, it's too dark. It's too it's dark. Just, they don't. And I, I don't. I think you're limited. I think it's incredible to watch a TV show in a cartoon series. And I, like, I, I honestly, I, I think Star Wars would be smart to never make another movie, to be completely honest with you. I, I think you lose a lot of the storytelling. Yeah. Give me an eight. I almost agree with you on that. Give me an eight part, eight. You know, see, you know, eight episode season and tell a really good story because, and I know you have a filmmaking background, but like when we were growing up, and this is for the younger versus the older audience, I think that's very interesting. Growing up, movies were the bomb. TV shows were just 30 minute, 22 minute episode entertaining. You might get a couple episodes that might tie into each other. And I mean, X Files kind of messed with it and stuff. And in my personal opinion, which I really didn't watch the show, but Lost is the one that made this episodic, overarching story a thing. And I think TV producers were like, yeah, we can tell a better story across a 22-episode season than we can in a two-hour movie. And so I really... Let me me talk about that real quick. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, because I want to hear your stuff, too, before you jump to that, too. When you look at it from... Back and and I bring this up to my son all the time because he gets upset when I tell him to turn the TV off and he's watching something because he thinks he's finishing an episode when he's finishing an entire series. He's a binge at it. I think the reason why it works as TV shows for us now is because of the bingeability to be able to watch it all together and see those seamless lines. Back in the day, you would have to wait a week, sometimes two weeks, sometimes a month to see the next thirty minute piece that was littered with commercials that means you only probably watched 10 to 20 minutes of the actual show and i so that's why movies back then were big because you got to watch this three hour and i marathon i agree with you for the most part but i think what we're talking about right now kind of disproves that a little bit too because we're talking about 
Ahsoka or Mando that's releasing one to two episodes a week, and then we sit on it for a week, and we can't get enough of it, and it takes that binge away. And then maybe that's why it's like that, because we have such the capability to exactly. do it. And if it was the other way around where piecemeal, 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 and Netflix was the only company that was like, you want them all? Here you go. And then people were like, bro, 20-hour marathon watching blah, blah. I don't know. I would love to hear Hollywood's take on it, because that's I, just I, my I, personal take. I think in the early 2000s, it really shifted to... I think movies are more of a spectacle for the most part, in general, generally speaking now. Like, go watch awesome things happen on screen. Or if you've got an hour and a half story to tell, then okay, great. Awesome. But look at the big things that have happened in The Mandalorian. I mean, massive things that you've never seen in a TV series ever before, and you got an episode a week. And I think that's bringing us back to that drive of wanting to see that every single week, but being more attached like we were to the movies. It's kind of that middle ground now and that's where i was kind of leading to we're at that middle ground now with things like this ahsoka series and whatnot because a lot of other series netflix is a big one it just drops it all on you umbrella academy is one of my favorite shows from over there on that side it just dumps it all on you but the thing is is you watch it and you're done you're like now what now i gotta wait yeah a year and a half two years to get the next hit it's kind of those everything happens in cycles. I feel like we're having that cycle hit again where we're back to the TV series, but in a way of continuity. I agreed. So Lost was um, the big thing where obviously it keeps, keeps you hooked every week or whatever. And I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Um, I mean, they're video gaming or movies and are doing these things like Disney plus Netflix thing. But, um, Lost, once I realized in Lost that they're making, I'm, getting, I'm going somewhere with this too, they're making this up as they go. They have no idea how important, how, you know, hey, we're going to give you a four seasons or two seasons. At first it's the pilot. Okay, we're going to pay for a 12 season, 12 episode season. Okay, go. And if it does good, then we'll add another one. If that one does good, we'll keep going. Okay, we'll give you two, two, blah, blah, blah. And so they just kept making it up as they went. Then you got a show like Breaking Bad that was written from start to finish in his five episodes, five seasons, yeah. uh, which is, that's one of my favorite shows ever. So anytime you have it written uh, all the way through, it's going to be better. That's one reason that movies were better. Yeah, I can see that. And they kind of leave it open. Uh, but now, you know, you have a lot of um, material to work with with these Star Wars, and that's kind of what we're, we're on. Uh, and so you're able to, and, and this is a little unique because of all the, the nuance. And so with a series, you can you can really touch on all these because you can just do another, you, you know, you don't, how far are you going to advance the story in 30 minutes to an hour or whatever it's going to be. It's up to, it's up to the person that wrote it and it's going to put it out. Cause then we can just do another one. Then we're going to do another one. Then we'll do another season. Um, obviously you got to have some kind of a, you know, uh, there's a, there's a um, formula, you know, to the movies where it's essentially the first 30 minutes you're introducing a character and I'll watch. If you don't know, and you're listening to this at 30 minute mark, something happens. That's when they introduce the problem. Every movie. Yeah. All right, now there's exceptions for like Goodfellas or something like that, but um, they're going to introduce a problem <laughs> at 30, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 30, 30 minutes, there's a problem. And then they got to figure out a way out of it. They figured it, figured out, okay, it's a problem, problem, problem. We're almost out of it. Oh, something bad happens. Now you're not going to get out of it. And then they get out. Yeah. With the exception of a trilogy like Star Wars 4, 5, and 6, um, George Lucas, and I can't remember who he was talking to, and I've, I've said this I before, this he story. believed that people, I mean, dude, it's, it's just, it, you know, I think George Lucas got lucky. He was lucky that in the 1979, when he made the movies, 
in the late 70s, early 80s, they didn't have the technology that he wanted because then he's forced to write a good story. And that's what you're seeing with Ahsoka and all these others, that you have a good story that takes place in an awesome universe. I get a little bit worried when you talk about wormholes and all that because then we're going to get space magic and a bunch of special effects and we're going to lose the story. The story is what makes it. And so um, when you're writing these TV series, the tradition... Was it's not as an immersive of a, an experience as it is in the movies. So the movies and big screen, loud, blah, blah, so we better make a good story, you know. So that's going to keep people immersed and keep people entertained, and they're forced to do that with TV. That's why it seems to be the case, and it is the case. But if you can now take that, because you now, you know, I, and I love the fact that we're having these for multiple reasons. Obviously, they're fun to watch, but the fact that you know, there's going to be a group of people out there. That, well. You know, uh, seven, eight, nine were never going to be good because they're never going to top. No, 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 no. They're topping it now with these shows, Mandalorian and this. Get those guys or whoever on the movies that you can write these details because the movies are just like the series and that you can go for as long as you want. You know, and you'll be way more immersive. Um, Now, it's like you're saying, though, with the Game of Thrones is one of them, too, and and Squid Games, and all. he's like, well, we've got to wait four years before. I mean, it's just annoying. I hate that. I don't know what to do about it, though. But I want to throw a point in here, too, because I know you were talking about the whole continuity thing and everything. Filoni, especially, and Favreau, they plan things out. Yeah. They don't just do it and say, if it's good, we're going to make another season. And that's something that's very, very typical of American writers of shows. Or the standard producers when and business you go people overseas, in that business. Especially like with Korean shows, Japanese shows, all that. My wife's really big into those you know, dramas and I whatnot. They're written all the way through and have a specific end. They usually last one, two, tops three seasons. Yeah. Ever. They don't hardly ever have any series go after that, with the exception of things like a show called Terrace House that ended after an actual female Japanese wrestler committed suicide. They ended it at that. So, But that's not another to the side. That's just one of my fun little fact things well, that, about that one. But that that's the thing is, in America, it's like, let's pump it out and make as much money as we can. Keep on doing it. How I Met Your Mother, one of my favorite TV series of all time, you see that in the final couple of series when they uh, seasons when they start to go end it it's like oh that could be just a nice just clean cut ending right there but then they make another season and then they make that one season that's nothing but like the three days of the wedding and it's ridiculous they jump the shark you get a rushed exactly Exactly. you get a rushed a rushed introduction of the mother that the entire premise of the show is built on and you don't get that full reveal that you so badly want and i agree with well it's like i was saying uh i'm gonna get to you swinging sorry that's just what i was saying about the breaking bad and then you're seeing it with these you're starting to see hopefully a twist a turn and you know hey we can't just fight and i'm not a big one and he's ever more let me not get let me not get deep into this but with these micro transactions and stuff and video games and you're just throwing crap out there right um I'm, I do have steel debate on everyone. I want to get into this, but it's not about just microtransactions. But hey, we can make a bunch of money. Well, the, you're going to make a better return if you just make a good game. Absolutely. It's talk about investing. Final Fantasy it's 16 not, for one. Investing is not making a bunch of money on one trade or something like that. Investing is making average returns for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now you're, they're starting to turn and see 
wow, we can actually have something good for a long time instead of just throwing crap out there just to make a little bit of lick every once in a while. Yeah. Okay, swinging, swinging's got to jump for a second. Sorry about that, swinging. No, I mean, you've got a great point there. I mean, it really is. Um, microtransactions are, you know, I'm not going to start down that road because we go all night on well, that, too. You know what I'm saying. It, it's, it's, it's a bane in keeping anything good. I mean, I'm sorry, my opinion on Destiny is a good example of when they changed that seasonal format. Yeah, it might be better or, or whatnot, but they're sapping more money out of you now. And you don't realize yeah. it because you're having to pay for the seasons to be able to do stuff in the game. Otherwise, you can't do stuff in the game. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean but, that's but, what it but is. But you see, it's I'm a hoping that pump. they see, we're going to find out with Baldur's Gate 3 how that's going to impact that that um, that production company, the developer, because, you know, like we were saying, when you thought when you thought through, I mean, even like, you know, Breaking Bad, like I said, or Better Call Saul, they kind of thought through a little bit how they're going to do it. And I hope that you know Better Call Saul probably had Better Call. I don't know this. Better Call Saul. I feel like it's gone on longer than it should have. I do too. I just but but I'm saying Better Call Saul probably got more initial you know viewers oh, just yeah. because it was tied to Breaking Bad. So they so they they benefited from somebody actually ending a show when it was supposed to end, and then he had El Camino come out, exactly. which I love that. El Camino um, was so. I'm. I don't. It's not bad. It's yeah, not I mean, great, it wasn't but it was like it was so interesting. But then at the same time, you're like, huh? It, it, it just, so, <laughs> it it, but it did such a great job of doing that to you. That's what it was good because yeah. it ties you into that character and makes you more emotionally attached to Jesse Pinkman. I, I yeah. mean, honestly, out of that entire series, Jesse Pinkman's my favorite character out of there because you oh, yeah, see there so you see so many ups and downs with him and so many twists and turns, and the dude that plays him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Aaron Paul's fantastic awesome. acting job at that. And yeah, you know how he did it. He was like, "Acting's easy. All I got to do is pretend to be somebody else." That was like his. It wasn't his first gig, but you know, he's it's his it first was, big gig that made him big. Yeah, I mean, and it he was it, on prices, right? So oh, it shot him. <laughs> up. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, but I mean, just jumping back to the Ahsoka too. Uh, uh, God, I can't. Even, what's her name? Mary Elizabeth Win, Wein, uh, Weinstein. Or Winstead is the one that plays Sedula. She plays Ramona Flowers in um, Who's Sedula? Pil- that's Hera, the, the green one. Yeah, Hera Sedula. I mean, I saw, okay. I call her Sedula because it's just that's what I've always heard it as. Yeah. And um, anyways, Mary Elizabeth Winstein, Winstein. I can't, I can't ever say her name right. She's actually um, Ramona Flowers in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, and okay. so I was like, I when I see her, because she's all she's uh, plays a lot of those kind of like characters like that. And when I hear her voice, I, I just can't hear Sedula. I, I just hear her Ramona Flowers <laughs> yeah. now because it's just like, all right, oh, where, where's the next uh, you know um, evil X gonna jump into the the show here? <laughs> That's just my little funny <laughs> yeah, aside yeah, to hear that voice. It's just funny how you see those things. Well, something when else when too. I didn't want to it's talk- like the general was messing me yeah. up a little bit. Well, something else I do want to throw in there too about um, uh, going back to um, um, Sabine Wren and her artistry. It is very much a Japanese animated artistry that you see, and if you pay attention, it's very reminiscent of a very famous Japanese movie called Totoro, My Neighbor Totoro. If you look at some of the animals that she draws, they're very much in that stylistic, 
drawing animation of a Totoro character. And I thought that was really well, interesting because I caught that and I saw that and I pointed out that Son, something Totoro is his favorite movie ever. There's something you missed on that then. Um, if you look at the drawings that she has in her room and then even on Ahsoka's ship that you see, you know, where she was being trained, obviously, one of the drawings is a pile of stones. So I'm wondering if she mm-hmm. was having to do the Jedi training going back to Luke and Yoda of, of, of piling the stones up. I saw that. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, was that in Rebels where that she was trained as a Jedi? No, that was never. Yeah, that's okay, a well, brand let me, new okay, thing, let me right? Backtrack this. <clears throat> when she got the dark saber near the end of the series, uh, she was slightly trained on how to use the lightsaber, but she she never. It, there's there's something out there supposedly that shows that she supposedly was force sensitive, but that I ever paid attention to, I didn't notice anything like that. There's no insinuation in the rebel show that she's force sensitive they just kind of it was like not even ha- uh, maybe five minutes in the episode 10 minutes of just here's how you use a dark saber and like i said that was the interesting with the guard that was the one thing they showed of her training yeah. which they showed in the show but like there's no insinuation that she was jedi trained so etc for me they see for as a casual and you guys were talking about how feloni is so meticulous with all the details he added that so that's got to play it's got to fit into some big story that he's he's you know brewing. Maybe maybe not. Maybe that's just well, for the uh, the people who wait. catches and they just yes, she was training and like just maybe that's a little throwback Easter egg for like hey go back to Luke and Yoda, and you know him doing a handstand while trying to stack stack yeah. rocks for all I well, know. I don't. I don't know, I, man. I to me, that sounds a, like a big. I think it's a little bit thing. of pushback into um, into Rebels a little bit there when Ahsoka's in there and you kind of get that feeling because they mention it. They mention that Sabine is Ahsoka's Padawan. They mention it a lot, yeah. you know? I mean, what's his name? The droid that's with with um, yeah, with her. Uh, David Tennant. Uh, uh, that's Yang. all I can think now is Hugh Yang. I'm sorry. Those Japanese names always get me. <laughs> I don't know how you remember those names. But Hugh names, Yang, but... Um, he, he alludes <laughs> to it a lot. Like, yeah. calling a Padawan, what? calling her with her powers because, like, when he's like saying you've got to make your own way, you know, and that stuff like that. I mean, he's very I, much doing that kind of stuff. I and love it. his old school mentality of motivating her, of obviously knowing her, and mo- he's he's not kitty gloves. Like of all the Padawans I have ever seen, and for those who don't, you're the so worst. Hugh Yang <laughs> is the droid that teaches them how to build the lightsabers, which is why he has that database, and he says it like five hundred years worth of watching lightsabers. So he's seen all these Padawans, and you are by far the most least Force-sensitive person I've ever seen. And I just thought... But awesome. he does call her Force-sensitive. He does. But it was just kind of... I just love the... Like, it was funny. Just, you suck. But, but that doesn't stop in, you from in, trying, in, so get to it. In a way, I don't I don't think he was saying she sucks. I think I, he was using he was reverse psychology, he was. motivating as a parent would say... Yeah. Yeah, you you can well, you, you can do a well, lot better. Not, I mean, because not, she is. I mean, you see her. You see you see that she has some type of strength yeah. ability, some type of above average abilities well, there, and I guess it just needs to be pushed out. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I just going back to the very beginning of this whole long conversation of just like certain messages being pushed and certain mentalities mm-hmm. that we have, and it's just kind of a throwback for this 42 year old man to, hey, you're not good get better, stop making excuses. That's in the past. It's irrelevant. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Get to it. <laughs> and I just, I, I thought that was just well, kind of funny. 
Yeah. That's a lot of stuff to unpack for anybody that's listening now, especially somebody like me. So I'm going to go back and listen to this episode and try to try to piece out the pieces that I can understand. But Good luck. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably do, yeah, <laughs> we'll do this again, I'm sure. We're going to try to do this every week or every other week and talk about this Ahsoka as it comes through. Or just, you know, as something pops up, like, oh, we need to talk about that. Um, so we'll definitely do it again, man. So There's let me ask you swing in because okay, I can't remember. This is a limited series too, correct? This is just... I don't know. I don't know. I know it's eight episodes to my understanding. And actually, if we all do jump off and jump, watch the episode tonight or tomorrow, this is supposedly the... There's there's already a ruckus because it's the shortest episode. Now, once again, if Filoni, uh, Filoni does 30... I, I don't really care about the time. You know, if it's 31 minutes and it's the best 31 minutes you've ever seen, I'd rather have that over 49 minutes of fluff. So, I mean... Exactly. We'll see. Now, the thing that for everybody who's paying attention, Filoni only directed two episodes in this, in this series. Uh, episode one... In episode five, which that we're aware of is the longest episode that's left remaining at the, like 47, 48, 49 minutes that we're aware of because they, they haven't released the times for all of the episodes yet. But well, uh, the perfect time for any of these episodes is 42, 42. I mean, like I said, I think it depends on the story. Now, the interesting thing is real quick. <laughs> that went right over your head. I got you. I heard the 42. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I think, uh, I, I don't know. I have a feeling we might see Anakin. Uh, this the episode that's right. Yeah, I want to see it because we know that he's filmed it, and I think we're gonna get a throwback of him training Ahsoka. I think you know with the whole Padawan thing between Sabine and Ahsoka at the very end of the last episode. I could think, get a battle. Could get the battle. We could get the battle. The I think, battle. I think that's a little early though, and I, I think that's the other thing is like I don't know. I, I we might get a battle of some kind. Maybe I I, I don't know if it's too early for Balin. Well, like where do we go, well, Ahsoka? Well, and this is why I think that it could be this, because Ahsoka and um, Sabine just got on the ship together, flying away. Yeah. They did this in Obi-Wan a lot. When they were on the ship, they told stories. Mm. And they used that time as travel time to tell stories. be awesome. They probably could do that in this episode, because this is a travel time episode. You're right. I mean, that could be a possibility. Or the flip side of that, because we're all pumped up about that now. We're going to see, and they're going to show up two and a half (laughs) seconds after the the credits. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, well, it's kind of like Mando. I'm thinking of Mando. So Ahsoka tells uh, Mando, is like, all right, take the child to the seeing stone on the planet Tython. You know, and, and... Going back to this weekly. So all the, oh, Tython, that was in the Legends, and that was awesome. Cannot wait till they get to this crazy Jedi planet, and they have to do all that stuff. And two seconds into it, he's like, okay, we're here. See the temple. we got to take the backpack the rest of the way. And they just, you know, the jetpack, and they're like two minutes into it, he's dropping off Grogu on the Seeing Stone. So I hope you're right. But (laughs) we've seen the opposite of that as well, well. So It's just like that one Mandalorian episode, in the third season here where you get that whole ridiculous side story episode. Oh, the, 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 I think the, it's the, the third clone, episode. The doctor. Oh gosh. Yeah. Just, it just all of a sudden it's like, okay, yay. We, we made it back to the Mandalorian camp. Now let's do all this annoying Dr. Crap. Yeah. That, that was because we're, we don't, <laughs> you're excited because you finally get back to the Mandalorian camp and then Kathleen you Kennedy, hear about this doctor. that Kathleen Kennedy comes in and now we have a, what should have been Some a filler. what should have been a ten minute part maybe would have been interesting to say, and then it takes up the whole episode. So, 
so droned on on that episode. That was that episode I told you Hollywood that was just horrible. To just I hated <laughs> oh, it. it was bad. It was. I mean, it. it well, I'm interested to see if she's not going to be involved in what it's going to turn into. Then, but yeah, we can bring up. You know? We can bring up. But I mean, our theories could be completely off base, or you know. But my favorite conspiracy theory. Before we call it a night, I just have to say this: if you've never looked this up, you have to because it's absolutely hilarious. But uh, the best Star Wars conspiracy theory ever is that Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord. I don't think uh, that's yeah. funny. I like watching <laughs> robot it chicken. It robot chicken. Robot <laughs> chicken so actually oh, I gave know. you it's Darth Jar Jar. I loved it. It, it was, was great. <laughs> There's lots of little fan made stuff of Darth Jar Jar. Yeah, I liked watching it. The, the YouTube, like trying to prove it and stuff. I love those. You know, those are fun to watch. Yeah. Well, cool. Well. Man, that's a lot of good stuff. Let's see, what's going on, Swinging? You got something going on? My TV just magically turned on. One second, let me turn that yeah, off. Yeah, I noticed all that. Oh, I dude. was like, God, we're getting out of here now, man. Who's that, who's that in the corner? <laughs> I can't hear. Watch out, Swinging! He's coming somebody up behind, behind you. This is how this, this, is how this starts, behind man. You. Either Ahsoka and the Force is telling me to watch oh, a new gosh, episode, or the ring, the, the, ring, the ring 4 is about to start in my apartment, so you guys just saw <laughs> Oh, God, tomorrow, no, I'm man. getting off the TV. I'm getting off right now. I don't want to see that. No. Dude. Oh, I watched gosh, that I just by myself about when it first my came out on. on a laptop in my dorm room at Mississippi State. I left the dorm for, the, for, for a week. I just couldn't go back. It was, I freaked out. It freaked me out bad. Dude, that's crazy. I was literally just thinking about turning on the TV while we're about to end this because I want to start it early, and then your TV comes on. <laughs> I was crazy. It's never done that before. Dude, this is stink. Oh, my gosh. His headset I got on has some neurotransmitters, man. <laughs> I guess so. Of course. <laughs> Going over to your... Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, cool. That was good stuff, though, man. We're going to keep it going at some point, but uh, that's, that, that did not disappoint me, man. <laughs> that's a lot of good information. And I'm sure anybody else that wants to learn about Star Wars is going to feel the same way. I thought we wrap up two episodes at a time. Yeah. I like it. It gives us time Sounds to kind like of a good pack deal. some stuff together because, like, you might have one episode just a little too thin. Yeah, I like it. And then that way we get time to kind of put our theories together, conspiracy theories all lined up. All right. All right. Well, cool. Check us out at com and at facebook.com slash hkexp and at HNKEXP on YouTube. Appreciate it swinging. Glad you could I'm make it, I, man. This was, this was an awesome night, guys. Thank you so much for having this me. This was a fun one. <laughs> yeah. I'm right. almost as hyped up on this one as I was my Final Fantasy 16 one. That was that a, good was a one, really dude. good one. I really yeah, that enjoyed was a good that one. one. <laughs> I can't wait to <laughs> do more a... on it because, God, I love that game. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, check that one out if you hadn't. If you're interested in this Final Fantasy 16, unless you're unless you're going to have the money to buy it, don't torture yourself to listen to it. <laughs> exactly. Gonna make you yeah, don't it. listen to it if you, <laughs> if you hadn't bought it yet. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Later. Later, guys. Take care.